From the Dice Abide Live studios, it's Late Night War Games with your hosts, Adam and John. <laughs> Hello. Thank you, Jay. Uh, I'm Adam, often called the Dice Abide, and I can call you Betty. You can call me Al. I'm John, a.k.a. Wise Kensai. Pretty sure you've got an ID10T error. Oh, man. <laughs> Tonight we are joined by the uh, illustrious indefatigable but not yep. illusion she's not illusory ej hey welcome, Thanks, John, welcome. Writing words i can't say <laughs> <laughs> I, I was ready to do it but you just oh. blew blew into it <laughs> so. well you you gotta you gotta italicize it when that's what you say oh all right fair enough fair enough that's my mistake <laughs> how's it going pj uh, it's not bad, not bad. Uh, doing okay so far. That's Enjoying the uh, nice, swampy, muggy, awful weather we have here in Houston. So, uh, doing great. Had some nice thunderstorms. You're really selling it. I, I yeah. am. You know, what, what does it, though, is the tacos. I just finished a whole plate full, and I've still got some guacamole here. So, uh, it make up for it. Mexican food aside, I don't have much desire. So you're, you're really selling me on Texas. <laughs> hey, if you come and visit, man, I'm telling you, there's a whole host of restaurants. The food is significantly better than it is in Oregon. Yeah, I said it. It's, <laughs> it's not hard. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, all right, gentlemen, what are you drinking tonight? PJ? Uh, so I made myself, I'm because I'm a fancy bitch, I uh, made a lulata which is a Ooh. frozen beverage with blended ice using lulo fruit and uh, some agua diente, some white rum, some lime juice, and a little bit of cane sugar. Mm. How's a lulo fruit? It's Imagine a tomato and a lime had sex and made a delicious baby. Is it it's from Peru. And, uh, yeah, it's Peruvian, Colombian. Oh, yeah. interesting. It's it delicious. looks kind of like persimmon. It does look a little bit like a persimmon. It, it it's it's not quite like yeah, persimmon right. flavor. Interesting. For those of you who don't know, that's what it looks like. It's that thing. There yep. it is, the Lulu Le fruit. Learning learning about fruit. That's what this podcast is all about. <laughs> oh man. John, what are you having tonight? Uh I am not as fancy and I am having some whiskey. It's the Game of Thrones uh House Targaryen branded whiskey. It's 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 fine. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I mean, it's... you know what they say about how you can really tell the quality of a of a liquor by the IP that it is licensed to. There you go. Yeah. It it didn't end well as a as a bad bad finish. Oh uh, that? uh, <laughs> that's, that's really awful, I approve. Uh what about you, Adam? Well, yeah, tonight I am having from Deluxe Brewing Company, boop, uh, what they just call an old ale, mm. which is uh, very dark and very strong. Excellent. So I'll take. I'll take it. So is that, <laughs> is that ale new to you? It is new to me, but it is an old, okay. old ale. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> well. Asian cat. Uh, Cabernet barrels. Ooh. Mm, fancy. Which well, is different than a cabaret barrel. 
Yes, <laughs> one would bit. imagine. Just a little. <laughs> All right, well, cheers. 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 Oh, that's actually pretty freaking great. Um, John, why don't you get us started with the news? Sure thing. So starting off, uh, it's a new month uh, for Bremen Academy, which means we're doing a new mission. It's going to be all about coordinated orders. So don't spend that first command token to dock your opponent two orders or one if you're using counterintelligence. Try using all four for coordinated orders. I'll give you some tips in the mission description. Um, go check it out. Let us know how it goes uh, and be entered to win some cool prizes. So that's the thing that will happen. Um, of course, if you want more prizes, you can paint up some heavy infantry. I've already got some fabulous, pri uh, fabulous prizes set aside, as well as some fabulous entries that have come in already. Uh, and we're, again, doing this in partnership with uh, wargarage.org. So if you um, want to check out Infinity and other miniature wargame content in Spanish, go check them out at wargarage.org. Um, Are we getting a heavy load of infantry? Yep, that's a thing. Uh, Infanteria pesada, I believe, is the way it is. Well, there we uh, go. And then there's uh, also um, the chance to win a uh, sculpted thing from Monsters Making. So that's still in the running. So if you guys, if you guys want it, you have at the end of the quarter, so you've got some time to to finish that heavy infantry project or start one. Uh, usual rules apply. You know, send me a timestamp photo with your iPad and your phone or whatever. So the usual deal. Go check out the website for all the details. Um, we've got a new lumbering sprocket article, which has some corrections that I need to do. Uh, based on the new universal infantry rules that have come out recently. Uh, and the, this article was written before that, so I need to go retcon a few things, but the article's live. The, the tips are good, just a few a few rules that need to be updated. Um, I also just dropped the intro to camouflage on Infinity of the Academy. So if you're a new player and you want to go check out um, just sort It'll of a broad sneaky. overview of camouflage stuff and how to use it, uh, as well as like some tips and tricks to get you into the habit uh, of, of uh, and the mindset of thinking about how to interact with camouflage, what its effects are on the game. I believe that it is the most powerful skill in Infinity, and you're welcome to disagree, but uh, those are those are things that I talk about in the um, in the uh, the article. Uh, let's see Thems what else. Fight. What's that? The Thems are fighting words, the most powerful rule in Infinity. Right. Um, let's see what else. Uh, we've got some uh, stuff going on at the Remote Access League. Uh, so if you're interested in uh, writing some fan fiction, they've got a writing tournament for you. Uh, it's also a map-making competition. Um, and it's their birthday coming up, so go wish them a happy birthday. Um, and they've got like a ton of... They've got a pride tournament and some, uh, and some uh, normal leagues that they have going on. So go check them out over at uh, uh, RAL. Just Google RAL. The, the actual URL is quite long, but I'll put it in the show notes. You can go check it out. Um, let's see what else. Uh, yep. So those are things. Uh, we've also got some, uh, modeling news happening right in our, our Kickstarters that we support. Yeah, here we go from our, our little maker community. So this is from game mini garage. He's a, he's a fellow that is pretty big on the, uh, heavy gear side of bits making in 3d. He also plays Warmaster and has been working on a Warmaster dogs of war army. He already has a Warmaster Skaven army and a demon army and an ogre army. There we there go. go. Lots of ants. Um, and you know, they're, they're, they're good little sculpts. They're, I think he mostly does it for himself. And I was like, cool, I'll do a Patreon of stuff I'm making for myself anyways, and you all can give me a couple bucks for it. 
Really nice guy, though. He's made a couple uh, heavy gear bits specifically at my request. So he's pretty, pretty rad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then they're all, they're all super helpful and excellent things. Like they've made some anti-personal grenade launchers, which are our thing. So go check them out if you want to get some bits and bobs for all the Infinity games or uh, miniature games that you might play. Yep. Yeah. So. And then what's next? For Forest Dragon, right? Oh, yeah. So Forest Dragon. So he's been, I think this is the last wave of his Warmaster Scale Bretonian army, which means uh, I'm going to stop <laughs> sponsoring him on Patreon. But that's fine because next month they're picking up with High Elves, I believe, and Dan is all over it. So we'll continue go. to have every army he's done. But I mean, for 10 bucks a month, he puts out a ton of just amazing looking SCL files. They're probably, uh, when it comes to like the, the 3D sculpts out there available for Warmaster, the, the top of the top. And those are those models over there are Grail Knights in the back. He has them both with and without heraldry, and also as individual miniatures or set up on the strips the way they were on original Warmaster. Mm. And yeah, he does the individual miniatures for everything because apparently there's a there's a thing called Mini Hammer. Okay. Where people play Warhammer Eighth Edition, right? The the edition before Age of Sigmar, right? With twelve millimeter scale models. Huh. So are they get more stuff on the table. Why do they do that? No, so you, you you just play on, you know, instead of playing on a 48 by 72-inch table, you play on a 48-centimeter by a 72-centimeter table. Oh. And you just play the whole game scaled down directly into centimeters. So 25-millimeter base just goes to a 1-centimeter base. Well, so 20-mil goes down to 8-millimeters. And so people make bases for it all. They paint individual soldiers, put them on little tiny bases, and wow. play straight up old Warhammer Fantasy just like at a very just, small scale. Sure. Why not? And it's great because actually the, the old Warhammer Fantasy, really the problem was you just needed so many models on the table. Even at like a normal 2,500 point game, you might have like 200 guys if you're playing Skaven. So having, you know, playing with that, the, you know, those small models made it uh, much more attainable. So kind of a weird thing. Hmm. I didn't know that existed. That's kind of cool. If I uh, wanted Dan more things to assemble and paint, I would look into it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Dan like fruitlessly tried explaining to me mini Warhammer. I was like, "Oh, you mean you mean Warmaster?" He's like, "Well, yeah, but also something different." I'm like, "I don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. You didn't play Warhammer back in the day. You don't know what you're saying." And then you found out that he actually wasn't crazy, and you're like, "But you're yeah, still crazy no, for like, wanting sure to do it." Yeah, sure enough. And it's like, "Well, sh shoot, I kind of want that." And you have a three D printer. Make me all the toys. <laughs> Seems about right. So, yeah, more Warmaster, but I've already got the Warmaster Dwarf Army that I'm waiting on my, my bases on, and then uh, I'm going to force you to play some fancy. <laughs> what All is right. this, Warhammer for Ants? <laughs> Flip table. <laughs> Precisely. All right, well, you've got some news in the uh, day-appropriate uh, category, yep. I suppose. So my buddy Damon over at Mighty Freighter Company um, has put up another set of STL files on his Etsy shop. These are for, oh geez, what does he call them? I'm brain farting now. It's the um, the Mighty Hauler, I believe, is the one on the bottom. And I really like the one on the bottom because the rear shot, you can see it has all of these pods attached to the bottom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like shipping so containers. Like, yeah, exactly. They're all shipping containers. And then the top one is the Mighty, Def or Mighty Defender, which has lasers and a bunch of armor. So it's basically, you know, these are all part of his full modular YT ships. 
So all of the, the engines, the, the mandibles, the cockpits, all that stuff isn't completely modular. You can stick that whole rear assembly with all the pods on the rear of that defender up above it if you wanted. That's pretty, it's a pretty cool. cool. Yeah, he's um, one of those people that's a little bit obsessed with his own projects in this thing. He's been talking about it for years, and now he's finally at the point uh, for, you know, May the 4th this year, he is launching. He's, I think, got four shifts now on his website. Hmm. Or is that? So, yeah, you, you pick them all up. You can reass reassemble them, however. They're scaled for X-Wing out of the package, but I think people, he's been talking about people blowing them up like 10 times the size. Oh. And big. Yeah. I mean, That's, it's 3D. Yeah. You, you can do however big you want. So yeah. I think he said, or it might have been, yeah, somebody's doing like a 32 millimeter scale one. Fully Oof. modular front kit. That's intense. I, and he sells a fully done interior too, right? So makes sense. So he doesn't do the interior. The interior isn't out yet. I see. I see. So it's pretty cool. Oh, he he's he might be watching. He's literally texting me right now. Like I'm doing the thing, but um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he he's actually there. We go. He the mighty classic. He is giving away on Thingiverse. So oh, okay. Oh, there you go. Snap. Yeah, I, I think it's just like literally M Y T classic. Um, oh. and good luck, good luck finding those very searchable terms. But <laughs> yeah, so they're they're on this Thingiverse somewhere. If you look up uh, Mighty Freighter Co. on uh, Thingiverse, you'll probably find it there. So happy May the Fourth! Happy May the Fourth, indeed. Mm -hmm. Let's see what else we got. Well, uh, Corvus Belly has some stuff for us to oogle, right? So we have the new Karakuri set that's come out. Oh yes, I love those Karakuri. They're they so rad. good. That does look really good. I love the faces, everything about them. I'm really sad we didn't get a face gun. That would have been better. We did. We did get the. Uh, we did get like the hand chain rifle situation going on with the uh, the Mark 12 one. Um, so we've got we've got an Alef Mark 12, uh, Eugene Combi, and an Alef uh, boarding shotgun, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm very happy with the models. Like yeah, we didn't get the face or chest cannon that I was hoping for, but we still got the the peace sign blitzing out of the arm. Is so that I'll, a blitzing? Do they, they don't have a blitzing. It's a Panzerfaust, right? I think it's a blitzing. Did they change the profile on me, and I just like totally missed this? Hmm. No, I just I'm just recognizing the shape of the the pieces coming out of the the wrist. Whether it's meant to be uh, you know one gun to the other, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that's a the the blitzing sculpt. Maybe it's the Panzerfaust. It's small. I mean, <laughs> I guess. Kind of disappointing if it's if it's supposed to be a blitzen, but the only I mean if they get blitzens, I'm all I'm on board, right? Yeah. So there's that. Um, as far as as far pulse. as what what why, why do they have ALF weapons? I mean, uh, a lot of the uh, the new JSA has non Yujing weapons, right? So the Kaitotsu yeah. missile launcher is a Pano one. Um, yeah. So there's just there's uh, the uh, shock marksman for the shock marksman Kempe Tai is also a Pano one. So after the uh, secession, you know, the other powers armed the insurgents, right? So makes sense. Um, let's see yeah, what else we got. They look rad regardless. They really do. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the people paint all kinds of interesting faces on there and possibly not looking forward to faces that we might see see painted on there. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, you know, 
They're still uh, such rad models. They though. are. Speaking of rad models, uh, this is the Mukhtar we all really should have gotten <laughs> the first time around. Holy cow. Yeah. Right? No. It's it's pretty rad. I don't even I don't even know if I'd want to specifically run that profile, but I want to run that model. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean the profile's fine. Uh that model is way more exciting than chicken wing boarding shotgun guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair. Right. I mean like like it was sort of, you know, like uh it's like the whole like chicken wing when you're shooting thing, like you can stick your arm up like this. It's like, well what if I did that with the whole gun? <laughs> Just like okay, Right, right. But yeah, this is fantastic. I do love how they like neatly sidestepped the the whole tactical rock thing. But I was like, what if the whole thing was a tactical platform and it fits with everything? So it's fine. Yeah, exactly. You tactical, whatever I want it to be, wherever I want it to be. If they found a way to make it look like it was hovering, that would be even better. Yep. I do like that it brings your the kneeling model closer to a proper S2 height, which is always a little bit of a pain in the butt when you're playing mm-hmm. with something like Gromaz that is smaller than a tin bot. Yep, yep. Well, I mean, back in N2, right, it was the, the pose of the model mattered, like pre-silhouette. So you would you had to find a, a head a head-sized region to draw a line of fire. So that was a that was a thing. Yeah, no, so this is it's super cool. The seeing the painted model I was a little bit iffy on it originally, and now that I've seen the painted one, I'm I'm all for it. There you go. What else we got? Um, oh, we got the Shaolin Monk. That's a thing that uh, is coming in its own blister, I believe, right? So you're not getting a new box of Shaolin, but that's totally fine because this guy the, kicks some ass. This model is like, it's like character level cool. Yeah, right? Like, why doesn't, uh, what's his face look like this? Leon Kai look like this. Right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He looks so rad. Like, yeah, no, Liang, he kind of he kind of poops on him. At least the the standard release one. The model is so good, and it is a bummer that they're not doing a box of them. But I guess a box of Warbands is less relevant now with the fifteen order cap. Sure. I mean, I'll still happily run four shell in. Yeah. I mean, what what wouldn't you happily run though? Like a normal list. I think it's fine. Fair enough. <laughs> so, so are you invalidating my opinion, Adam? No, I'm not. Okay, right. I'm just saying Good. that your opinion isn't everyone's opinion. Fair enough. Yeah, but, this guy's fantastic. I think we can all agree that if you don't like this guy, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can go play Warhammer over there. <laughs> right. They just release some weird vampire centaur thing. I don't with two belly buttons. I don't understand. You can yeah. go. So you noticed the second belly button too. I did notice the second, but the thing I noticed that's more actually that Obi pointed out to me that's even more important it has two loincloths. Does that mean it has two loins? These are important questions. Mm. <laughs> There's only one way to find <laughs> out. You have to buy the model, right? DW. Mm, All right, what do we have next? <laughs> Forgot the, the new two towns box come, coming with the uh, the. Uh, uh, what is that? Um, is that a tertiary? Oh, is that what that is? Spec ops. The spec ops. Yeah, tertiary spec ops. Two tons with two options for the tertiary, for the trinitarian ter, ter, trinitarian ter, tertiary. Yeah, whatever. Two, two. Yeah. That thing. And a Spitfire or a multi sniper. Pretty rad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I have to get yeah. this box if the spec ops is in there. I was hoping to avoid it because I bought the Magister's box and that has everything that I want in it, but. All right, fine. All right, come on. Is it an order sergeant spec ops or is it a trinitarian spec ops? 
It might also. Yeah, it might also work really well as a Trinitarian sniper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, makes sense. Like, that's that was my first thought that it yeah. was. I mean, and we don't like, need oh, we don't God. need an order sergeant Spitfire. The old the old one. There's still plenty of blisters like floating around the internet. Um, so, yeah. or if you're a dummy like me that converted every uh, profile for order sergeants, also true. Those are things. <laughs> but no, th these guys look great. All three of them. Then, of course, your Wild Bill. <sighs> Even oh. it looks so much better painted. It really does. I wish I had found that one last time. My mistake. Super model. Yeah, it makes it. It makes a contender look cool. Yeah, it's. I. I mean, I don't need this model, but I might get it eventually. We'll see. We'll see how how adventurous I'm feeling. What I love um, is the on the on the back the the painter. We don't. I think we have a picture of it, but the the yeah. painter did like a really nice southwestern pattern on oh, the back nice. of the coat. Which now Ooh. it's like, well, shoot, I need to do that. And it's. I don't think it's sculpted into the detail, unfortunately. Mm, that's a bummer. But hey, I mean, if you're good at freehand or you want to give it a shot, give that a shot. Um, we've heard a few other things about what's coming up in July, right? Right. So we've got the the Trinitarian. Um, which I think it's one of the 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 ter Tertarian Trinitarians mm. is what they they had uh, what they told us. And I think that's going to be one one of the um, one of the the camo infiltrator ones. Gotcha. That's super cool. You think they'll they give us the SMG profile? Pack. Yeah, right. Please, it's going to be a boarding shock, and you know it. Don't ask. Right. Um, <laughs> and then and then the yeah, it could be a box, unlikely. Uh, and then the Cyber Ghost Hacker, which is great. The Shang-Chi Invincible Box is going to be here. Yep, so we saw that to, last time. Just a reminder yeah. that's happening. And then the, uh, a Vrangian Guard Boarding Shotgun, which... By himself. By himself. This is uh, kind of like the, the Shaolin. I think it's something that everyone's you know, like, oh, these are coming. We're going to get a box of these cool things because I want to run tons of them. And here's w one, and it's not the one you want. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, well, I mean, it's just an yeah. excuse. It's just an excuse to use your Valkyrie mini. That's really what it is. What it makes me think is that they're going to be having um, more of them, possibly in the upcoming Ariadna versus Corregidor uh, pack. Yeah, but it's such. It's I don't know. It's such a strange choice. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of the profile very much. But hey, I mean, I bet the model will look cool at least. So there's that. And we'll get to see what the what their intended design is yet, because I don't think we've seen a dossier or anything for them, have we? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. We we saw some art for it, but that's it. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. yeah. So, looking to see how they come out, and then of course we're getting a uh, an airborne ranger repack, yep. which is just consolidating the the one of the SMG with the one with the Molotov. Gotcha, gotcha. So apparently he looked Caledonian, so that seems fine. There Tartan, we go. Tartan stuff. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. More more lines to paint on a, on a model you maybe won't use in the boarding shotgun profile. Who knows? Um, I mean, none of their profiles are bad. True. It's just not the one you want to run the most. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's all it is. It's just not the one you want. Yeah. Oh well. Um, let's see what else. Uh, heavy gear and heavy gear news. Um, they've. Uh, released the PDF as we talked about last time uh, the community has had at it and they are, are going to print. Is that what's going on? Yeah. So they, they have actually released an updated 
version of the PDF. So they released the one, they gave the community a week to rip it apart. Then they went ahead and uh, released an updated version of the PDF. It actually has like a, a real table of contents now. Um, a bunch of other a bunch of other changes uh, throughout the text. I didn't see anything drastic, so it was mostly um, like making rules more clear and grammar errors and things like that. But so the the PDF for that is is quote final, or at least it's final enough that they're sending it out to drive through RPG print on demand. So the the people who backed it on Kickstarter who wanted the physical book will be getting theirs. And everyone else can either buy a print-on-demand one or download it for free. Yep. And it comes with all the other Excel tables and whatnot that you might need. So there you go. You can you can do those things. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. We got it. We got a special treat today as well, right? Yes. So Corvus Belly, um, wonderful sponsor of the show, uh, has sent us da, 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 a military orders action pack to to unbox and talk about. Yay, hey. which also means I'm going to be building it and playing it soon as well. So, if you haven't got these yet, they are super cool. So inside, it looks pretty standard. I guess you should probably turn it the way everyone else is looking at it. Yay. So pretty standard. You got yeah. The is, let's see here. Well, oh, there's the big guy. Uh, I'll save him for last. So, yeah, the, the Trinitarians look rad. Um... Not the the um the 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 Yeah, right. That, <laughs> exactly. That's the name that's gonna get butchered endlessly. But they look fantastic. They the Spitfire guy does have that shoulder pad bit that used to be Panzerfaust, but now they have decided is a um is an MSV two. Oh, okay. Which you can see right there, they've kind of re repurposed what that little piece means on the models, I I believe. It, um yeah, the other two looking really nice. They're you know, they're they're newer sculpts, so they all go together a lot more easily, it looks like. You know, this one looks like it does have oh, because this one has independent arms because of the sword, but the tabs are much bigger. Yeah, you know, the That's other one good. that has the down across the chest has the little nub that goes the into chest the chest well. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, the crunchy croissants. This guy I was really happy to take a look at, which is the um, the Knight of Justice Spitfire. Because I love running the Knight of Justice Spitfire. Jerk. Oh, he's such a <laughs> model. So it's funny because I really liked the Father Knight Spitfire manager. Right. And then I was like, well, I'm not going to replace mine. And then, the, you know, this came out and, well, I might as well replace it. Sure. It looks freaking rad. Super beefcake bows, gun over the shoulder. Gonna hit you with the sword. Perfect, I love it. Wasn't here. The banner bearer was pretty cool. She goes together in a way that's a little bit awkward. I tried to piece it together earlier just because I wanted to see how they handled the banner because I'm afraid of banners breaking. Sure. Um, oh, okay. That looks spindly. So it looks. It does look spindly. Right. It looks spindly. The hand connects at like a little tiny spindle, but. On the back side here, you can see the bottom half of the banner right here. And there's a big area that it kind of just slots in nicely with, and it's flat right there. So it'll it'll actually build pretty okay. Okay, all right. Even without the pin. I, right, I right. Like so there's actually a pretty large support structure for the bottom half of the spear. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. And 
Uh, yeah, I, I did get the, I bought Mendoza myself and the bike, or John ordered the bikes, so the bikes aren't here yet. Yeah, yeah. So, the, yeah, yeah, we, we, we just got sent the, uh, the uh, action pack. But so it's another really gorgeous model. You know, I know there's a lot of complaining about, like, bringing a, a banner into space and why that's silly and whatnot, but at the same time, um, we're talking about knights in space. Like, the whole thing is silly. So here, the hacker. So the, the Knight of Santiago hacker, I was a little bit, it's a gorgeous model. All the models look great, but I'm a little bit bummed that they moved away from some of the old design cues of the previous Knights of Santiago. It doesn't have like the cool um, zero G like flight jets in the back to help you know stabilize its space. And it doesn't have the weird, almost like 40K Aldar helmet that the, uh, the old ones had, but in terms of like a big menacing dude in power armor with his, you know, space fingers doing some hacking. Space it's fingers. Pretty good. Yeah, this is this is slightly less ridiculous than the 40k space mounds, but only slightly. And then let's see what else. Yeah, we have the uh, the knight commander, of course, holding the sword down. Just yeah, like does that, the, does uh, that sword like end in a nubbin, or is it like a full sword? So, it actually is it ends in an oven. I see. But it's on really nice onto the body because the whole back of the two hands come together with a large tab, so it fits on perfectly. Where gotcha. I think because the, right, the, the crane, the just... special limited edition crane, oh, it has the, the, the ass, same pose. It? Oh my god! I yeah. like almost threw that mini across the room because it's just like. Stop freaking! It's like you know, like the three-point thing where you have the right arm and the left arm, and you got to get everything to line up. It was that, but then there was also like a fourth thing. It was just awful, awful. No, yeah, this is this is much easier to build. It's two pieces, and you really can't mess it up assembling it. Gotcha. So it does have the sword that goes into the ground no matter what. That's okay. I mean, it's pretty easy to like plastic art or green stuff a tip if you want to do something different. Yeah, if you really want to go uh, break it up. And then let's see what else do we have. Oh, the Blackfriar uh, HRL. She's pretty cool, too. And that's just a, like, that's just a fun profile. Like, I, I always love me an HRL. Yep. Yeah, HRLs and, and LRLs have really become amazing. Like, if you haven't witness the power of a light rocket launcher you should go check out my uh uh my game of starmada <laughs> where it soloed an entire right. toha army it was pretty ridiculous so the way this one goes together is a little bit interesting is almost like keys together okay so the the gun are the gun has the arm and the backpack built in okay so when you attach that it creates the area now that you can fit the other piece which is the head of the sword Oh, I see. I see. Gotcha. Gotcha. There've been a couple of minis like that. I think the, uh, like the Pano support pack was a little bit like that. If I remember correct. Um, yeah, but Obi's got a great idea for the, uh, the, the Knight commander, dude, remove the, remove the, uh, the sword entirely and make him look like he's like cracking his knuckles. That'd be pretty cool. Oh, I was thinking have him holding a cup of coffee. That's better. That's better. That's probably that's better. pretty good. Yeah. Drinking his coffee through his mask. It's perfect. Yeah. And then, of course, last but not least, is the big chonker himself, the Knight of the Holy Sepulchre. And he's 
he's really big. So there's like his leg has more mass to it than I think almost any other model in here. Uh, roughly equivalent to the uh, Knight of Santiago hacker. Mm. <laughs> that is the Knight of the Holy Chunker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So that's that's one leg. You put them both together. It's he's big. He is bigger than I expected. He's gonna probably be one of the larger S five heavy infantry out there. Is he I mean, like he's definitely not... blackjack big? No, not. I was gonna say he's definitely not a blackjack. Um, which I don't understand why that model is still S five. They had the chance to make it S six, but yeah, no, he he's a, a beefcake. So his his extra arms are shoulder pads. His extra arms are shoulder pads. <laughs> right, that makes about as much sense as the only movie he's ever made up. Trying to give you a better look. So there's his upper torso. Okay. We can see his head right here. Somewhere in here is his body. Here's his his little spindly human arms. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Because it's like a apple seed oh. sort of sort of like mecha deal. Oh, I yeah, got gotcha. you. Exactly. Gotcha, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. So that whole extra arm is just shoulder pad. Gotcha. K-door mode, engage. Yeah, right. Or it kind of reminds <laughs> me of, um, what is it, the, the house stealth special character, Shadow Sun? Oh, sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So but the nice thing is, like, it actually looks like there is a normal shaped human roughly inside of there. Hey, that's so cool. Maybe that's why it's so chonky, right? Because, like, the other ones don't really account for that room, maybe? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, there's a human inside of this thing, and there has to be room for the human to articulate without just snapping its arms off every time it swings. Mm. So, it is, yeah, it is probably in total weight um, pretty damn big. <laughs> like, it's hefty, you know, hefty. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, up there with like the Moang, I think. Mm. So. Pretty nice model. I am looking forward to building all of these to smash you with as soon as possible. Very cool. Oh, and actually, what we should talk about while we're here. Ooh, did you guys see this? Look at this beautiful map that we're presenting to you guys on. <sighs> it also has a twin. Dun, dun, dun. So I have designed some play mats that we're going to be selling through one of the previous vendors for the Rose City Raid, sponsors the Rose City Raid. And these were a couple of test prints that I wanted to make. Um, I thought the out of focus one would look nice for you know presenting here on stream. Yes, it did it did make for a hilarious problem with uh, the camera and the camera refusing to focus. <laughs> yeah, the autofocus on the camera, because it's all you know it's software based. It's like there this is this image is clearly out of focus. I will keep constantly refocusing until it happens and it it didn't. Yeah. So I'm on uh, manual right now. There you go. But yeah. So we'll have these available soon. Of course, we'll put a link up to everyone once we have them. Yeah. Ooh, glamorous. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, John. Well, so that's it for the unboxing. And then, like I said, I'm going to build this. And John and I, hopefully, our next game of uh, Infinity will involve the military orders. Yep. Um, yeah, we are planning on selling as a card game playing mat. That's a 16 by 10 inch one that we have on screen right now. Uh, we could certainly do like the more standard MTG style. Uh, they're the larger ones are going to be more expensive, of course. Um, but honestly, like you could probably play a game of this unless you have like a million permanents or something. It's going to be just the right size to play Netrunner on. 
depending Ooh. on how, how, how big my ice fort gets, but sure. You need some dolphin That's... tokens. Yeah, right? Exactly. There you oh. go. Yes, I approve. Some big brain <laughs> okay. stuff going on there from PJ. All right, well, let's talk about some hobby. Okay, oh, yeah, I'll go first. So I've been uh, plugging away a bit more at some of my duelists for Kata, and I got her to a, a place I was pretty happy with, which was just continuing to add bits. It definitely was one of those uh, more is more kind of feeling conversions. Sure. And I got into a place, and I'm like, well, I've changed this much. Why don't I change the head? And I've changed the head. I'm like, well, why don't I add some stuff to the shoulder pads and torsos and... Eventually, you're going to do the Chaos Space Marine thing and just dip it in, like, Elmer's glue and then run it through your bits box. Yeah, basically, that's how you do it. You you joke. I I had a kid at one of my old GW stores for his Chaos Giant when the Giant kit came out. Just poured plastic glue in his bits box, threw the Giant sprues in there, and, like, just shook it around to make his Chaos Giant. It was was insane. chaosing. It shouldn't have worked. It shouldn't have worked, but it did. Um... So, yeah, really happy with this conversion. I was able to shorten the barrel of the gun by using the northern um, heavy rotary cannon on the southern ready, heavy rotary cannon's uh, base mm. to keep the underslung. Yeah, it looks really cool. You can barely tell that it started off as a Cobra, but I think there's enough of the Cobra there to, to play with just fine. Yeah. And then yeah. Got, some, got some primer on it. Looks really good, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I built... I built this little guy, the Thunderhammer, <laughs> which is the largest model available for North. Yeah, each of those legs is about... So that Hunter right next to it is about the size of an S2 model. Yeah, that's pretty big. That's bigger than Maggie. Right? It's, it's comparable to the Magariba. Magariba is a bit taller, but it's only be, mostly because of the, the pose. Mm. Like, this guy goes all the way to the ground because he's got that big bunker strapped to his chest as well. Right, right, right. God, that thing is huge. So, so does that one have a base, or does it just go on the table like that? So it just goes on the table like that. I have measured corner to corner, and I'm going to get a 120-millimeter base made for it. Adam likes so, basing all yeah. the big chonkers. I'm, I, I've left my Caprice off bases because I just don't want to. I, I'm traumatized by my lack of basing. Uh, all down to like a, a 40k tournament where I brought my brass scorpion and I was doing great and then somebody was able to literally put their model underneath my model because I posed my brass scorpion in such a way that it was tall enough that they could move under there and be one inch away from my hull at all times. That's I so... Hmm. No. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, and that, that cost me uh, a top table. So... Yeah, uh, I base everything now. It also lets me tie it into the environment a bit more. And, you know, I, that was the last competitive 40K event I played in. So <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah. I can't weird. Why. Yeah, the Thunder Hammer. It's a big one. It's a chalk monster. You just don't let it see you, right? Yeah, That's pretty the... much. If it sees you, it kills you. That's the trick. Um... And then I also, uh, no, not not uh, shown in any of these images, but we also got our Nisei cards in so we can start playing some proper Netrunner with Meat Space paper cards. Mm-hmm. It'll be a good time. You, you gotta, you gotta like, other. make a deck and stuff and think about things. I know, I need to read the cards, and then I need to make a deck. It's you need to learn the deck-building rules, first of all. I vaguely remember some of the deck-building rules, at least for Corp. Yeah. It's, like, the Did runner... you not play Netrunner before? 
I play, so I played Netrunner in the 90s before they really had deck building rules. Oh, wow. And then I played briefly at, during the re-release. And I didn't like, I think I made it through the first block. And then the second block was like, oh, cool. So you just reprinted the cards in the first block, only better. I'm done with this game. Basically, um, yeah. They've done a much so, better job. They're like way more, I don't, I don't want to say heavy handed, but proactive about banning and restricting cards. So it's a lot, they pay attention to the meta, they being the Nisei folks. So, yeah. So now that I have these, these cards, I'm going to learn to, yeah, to sling dead trees. There you go. <laughs> uh, let's John, see. what have you been working on? Well, I've got some uh, MDF shenanigans going on. Uh, I built the Cosmica Ooh. Cubes. I, I never want to build another Cosmica thing again because, oh my God, the sub-assemblies. Like, it's just, <laughs> just non-stop painting of sub-assemblies. It's just like, I don't I don't want to. There's just It's so detailed. It looks fantastic. I can't do it justice. I really should have spent a lot more time with, like, Zenithal highlighting and stuff. But I'm just like, no, I just want to get these on the table so I can freaking play on my space table, which has been, you know, rattling around in my brain for, for years now, it feels like, like before before COVID years. So I don't know. It's even longer, right? Um, so there's another view of it. Um, yeah, it looks good. Uh, just some some quick masking and some edge highlighting. Looks decent. It'll be good enough for the table. Um, there's yeah, actually a, really full, I mean, there's a fully the playable come... interior, too. It does? Yep. It's it, There's, like, detail on the inside. And the inside, I painted the inside, too. <laughs> Not really. Oh, you ate Yeah, right. So now I'm just like, why did I do that to myself? But it's in there. And it's it's actually yeah, the, the... required. Structurally, the Warsaw MDF terrain looks gorgeous, but something I've definitely uh, come around on is I really like 3D printed terrain now. Mm -hmm. It's because, like, gorgeous looking MDF terrain, people do some incredible stuff, but then it's like the, the better it looks, it's like exponentially more difficult to build and paint. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm just getting lazy. <laughs> yeah, it looks great. I, I'm glad. I, I don't think I would have bought this for myself, but I wanted a tournament at some point. So uh, it's going to work great for the space table. So I'll take it. Um, I did build some stuff for uh, Heavy Gear. I clipped these things out of sprues and glued them to bases. That counts as assembly. There you go. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Yeah, you, you, you can actually play with them without the 25 millimeter base, but my fingers struggle to pick them up, especially the recon drones. I can't pick up the recon drone. Like I just I when I was posing this picture, I like spent a good thirty seconds trying to pick up the stupid recon drone. They're the ones in the front. So Yeah, the flattest. Yeah, I was just like, why why? So I I probably will need to like put a handle. I don't know what I'm gonna have to do. Something's gonna happen. Just, just a, like a tuft of grass. <laughs> you can, right? Like a tall yeah, tuft exactly. Just put a tuft of grass <laughs> on there or something or a tree or whatnot. Just so I can pick up the damn model. The other ones are fine. Uh but man, that was that was an irritating thing to find out. Uh, but I did put together. I started. I started putting together my PRDF. So that's the thing that's happened. So I've got uh, oh, snap. a Crusader four in the back with a warrior in the front. Then I've got two skirmishers, one with a frag cannon and one with a medium rifle. Uh, I gotta say, I love. I love the skirmishers. They pose up really nice. Um, I enjoy the. Uh, I'm gonna stab you and shotgun you in a second. <laughs> yeah, I see that guy on the left is just gonna stick you. Yep. I, I really, I'm really enjoying posing the plastics. Uh, that's definitely something that I wish the metals were better at, but man, the plastics are fun to pose. You can just chop stuff up and do all kinds of like, uh, rotate the, uh, the, uh, the wrist joints and all other kinds of stuff. So 
I'm trying to get as much mileage as I can out of the plastic kits and uh, do some cool, cool poses and stuff. Yeah, that's what I've that got going on. That back super cool. Yeah, I, I'm still kind of unsure what to do with that profile, though. That's a that's a, a snub medium cannon? snub cannon, linked medium rocket pods, and a light field mortar, and then like a vibro axe, and it moves five inches. So you're like, you're sl you're slowly moving up the table and daring anything to get close enough. Yeah, right. I mean, like I built it because it looks awesome, and I think yeah. it might it might be a a, a a safe queen or or whatever you want to call it. Right, it's just gonna sit in there. For yeah. A while. I mean, it can also it can still run ten inches, throw up, um, let them have it. Sure. I mean, I, I figure I figure what will probably happen is I'll run it. I'll just run it forward uh, every turn, and then uh, use it for fire support by by calling and mortar fire from something foing for it. That seems to make sense yeah. because by the time it's some of this activation, it's no longer considered having um, top speeded, so it doesn't it doesn't yeah. have a, a problem with that. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you can actually something interesting about PRDF is that they have a lot of unguided mortars, mm -hmm. which just encourages using non-TDs to FO more frequently. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Yep. Well, PJ's got a lot of stuff going on. Ooh, what do you got uh, going on? Yeah. Holy hell. <laughs> so uh over at Board and Brew, we've got a commercial account now to print Lost Kingdom miniatures. So I've spent the last couple days te doing test prints on our Anacubic Mono, for uh, Mono X, which has a 4K screen. And uh, yeah, the results so far are gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. I just stuck these together today. Holy yeah. heck, that is so cool. Um, yeah, I think I told you earlier that I, I, the, the Lost Kingdom miniatures look so good, it almost makes up for how bad Asia Sigma is. <laughs> 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 brutal <laughs> but man like those those things look so freaking cool they do, they do. you know what they'd be great for age of saga magic. magic there you go yeah, i'll drink to that saga okay. age of magic there you go. yep mm -hmm. so that's a that's a good point i would be happy to play some uh some saga yeah. Oh, yes. those look so cool. Whoa. Right? Right. Yeah, like actual proper scenic dioramas as, as your miniatures. It just blows me away, the amount of character they put into the models. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Obi. laughs> Adam is really going for the nagging of GW. Yeah, that's totally how it works. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, one of these days it'll happen. Adam they, is they a miniature company's pickup artist. That's what he is. Exactly. I'm if they want to sponsor us to watch the show, yeah. If they want to sponsor us to play Blood Bowl, they can email Adam at thedicebide.com. Games Workshop, if you're listening, but you aren't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's another neg. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so that looks awesome. So I guess that we use as a salamander. Yeah. Uh, so th there's three different sculpts for those, and they have little bit like three different little sculpts for the little babies to go on the bases with them, because of oh course they do. Oh my goodness. That Got a question so in chat, PJ, about what vessel you're drinking from. Oh, so this was a limited edition fancy fish from a Tex-Mex tack, delightfully tacky, super tacky Tex-Mex restaurant called Chewy's. So it's a oh. fish with wearing sunglasses. 
You took me to Chewy's. That's where we got the the delicious fajitas. Yes, yes, yes. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. The chicken fajitas. The chicken fajitas. Yes, exactly. What is what is this base what, the, your uh, for, for uh, uh, you're taking pictures on? Just like a hex. Uh, that's just a hexagon, like a leather covered hexagon. Because do you have any leather covered hexagons at your house, John? I I yeah. obviously do not. <laughs> I, th- I think it was like a watch case. Oh. That's pretty rad. Well, it's a, a wonderful pedestal. Those are gorgeous sculpts. Yeah. It's Ooh. pretty cool. I, I can hardly tell what's happening. Oh, there we go. So it's a, it's a dude shooting an arrow while on top of another dude. Yeah, it's a skink archer with like his pet giant lizard monster at his feet. That, that one was released kind of recently, I think. And again, I was just trying to test fit, like test print the various different sizes they had. And like, I kind of like the idea of having ridiculous skink characters. I always, I was always a fan of the skinks. Mm, sure. Whenever I, I, I messed around with lizard folk. That is pretty awesome. Oh, and here we go. Some Tomb Kings. Yeah, she had to be propped up a little bit. So fragile. Oh beautiful, beautiful sculpts. And they print up nice. I so am... she actually has a death mask that you can put on her face as well. I am nervous and, and about gritty. gluing that to a base. <laughs> right. So I think what I'm going to have to do with the Tomb Kings from now on, so that's an Elegoo Grey uh, mm-hmm. on, on the Mono 4K. I think what I'm going to have to do is mix a little Syria Blue, like a 50-50 mix. Uh, for those of you that do resin 3D printing, uh, different resins behave differently. Uh, Syria Blue is a nice hard resin, especially if you're going to do like working parts, uh, like some of the larger kits if you print something up that has working movable joints. The wear and tear on regular resin can really break it, wear it down, snap it, mm. what have you. So I think I'm going to have to do it, uh, another test batch with some Syria Blue mixed in just to make her a little more durable. Yeah, like, makes sense. I snapped off the horse's tail when I was doing it and the bottom of her staff. I she wasn't it. cured yet. She was still, you know, she was fresh out of, fresh out of the wash, but uh, still, yeah, it, yeah. it's a work in progress. Very delicate. Fragile, as they would Beautiful. say. Beautiful. Absolutely. Well, we big choppy robots. Some some heftier things. Yeah. So uh, we have a lot of Battletech players, uh, ostensibly at the club, even though we're not open. But uh, they're all very excited. Most of them back to Kickstarter. And as such, I painted up the, the beginner box set for folks to try it out and give it a, give it a spin. That way, the poor guys who have the Kickstarters who they've opened everything and they haven't quite painted everything yet. And I'm not going to judge. I have a pile. No, my, yeah, my pile I don't think, I don't think any of us can, can throw shade. <laughs> what are you yeah, talking I, about? I just I got a UPS that. box today with the wave three from forbidden fortress. And I'm like, Oh, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So I, I painted these up just to match the uh, character cards that come with it in the beginner box. Mm. You got a Griffin and a Wolverine there. And uh, I threw them on some, FDM painted, uh, FDM printed bases and an FDM printed uh, building from Steel Warrior Studios there with them. That's great. So doing both FDM and resin printing, and for for FDM, I think they're pretty solid. Yeah, that looks yeah. fantastic. And you won't notice when you're playing. So yeah, and I knocked that out in about an hour because the magic of airbrushing and weathering powder. That's pretty rad. Looks lovely. Thanks, guys. Speaking of lovely, look at this thing. May the fourth be with you. So exactly. this is what we're missing out on because we're closed because of COVID. Uh, this is one of the tables we have at Warden Brew. Uh, set up 
our we have a the Star Wars Legion starter box painted up. And I decided to throw it on the table and snap some photos so people can see what they look forward to whenever we open back up here in uh, the beginning of June. Yep. So this picture alone is enough to make me want to play Legion. I know, right? <laughs> it's not fair. Right? But knowing what I know <laughs> makes me not want to play Legion. But it's beautiful, as is, as is this, this wonderful shot of the snowspeeder. I mean, God, that looks good. Oh, um, man. Zoom. Exactly. I... We're not going to play Legion, John. We're not going to play we Legion. I, I will FFG Google the miniatures. emails at him at thedicebide.com uh, <laughs> regarding sponsoring us. Oh, my God. But <laughs> holy heck, that looks great. It really does. That's fantastic stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the tier level we try and go for is so that it if your models are painted and the tables are nice, you get that cinematic, you know, immersive experience. and that's what I want. That, that's it, it's cool going to the game store and that there's, you know, flat terrain or unpainted MDF. Yeah, but you get a game in, but it's just not the same. No, it really isn't, right? I mean, like, as somebody who writes a lot of battle reports with pictures, I mean, this is awesome. So good. Yes, and I, I would <laughs> agree. I would agree with Tanaka Skyler. The, out of the three Star Wars games, Armada is the best. It is, and it's the one that I have the most difficulty finding players for, which makes me sad. Really? Yeah, I have very few Armada players locally, or at least I did before COVID. I'm hoping to try and change that because out of all, the, I used to play a ton of X Wing. John and I used to play X Wing yep. back up in New York. Yep. And uh, I, I've, I've got Armada. Actually, I had Armada. I sold mine, and I'm going to buy it again. But uh, I just could not find players that wanted to play it. I, I think the release schedule really hurt them early on, and that's something that since Fantasy Flight has gotten gobbled up by Asmodee has really started, gotten cleaned up a bit, is the release schedule is a lot more regular now. Mm-hmm. It's very pretty, nice. It's a pretty good game, though. We should try it sometime, Adam. I can introduce you to it sometime. Yeah, if you come to Houston, I, I'll feed you tacos, and you can try it with pretty painted bottles. Just saying. There you go. Well, we, maybe we'll have to make a trip out there when... Uh, when all that when you can when we can yeah, yeah. exactly well so i think that's it we got for for hobby today well excellent that means it's time to talk about some games i i got a game in all right let's hear all about one it. game in i got a game oh. of Catan in against gene uh Catan jr on the two-player map and she actually kicked my butt so that's what I get uh, for losing, you know, to a four-year-old. So, yeah, no, Jean is really enjoying playing uh, board games now. So when when she is trying to avoid going to bed, she's like, "Well, why don't you know? Why don't we play a game?" Yeah. <laughs> that's dirty pool. That, yeah, right. Yeah, like, yeah, right? Yeah. That's about as as big of a hustle as you can pull on Adam. Pretty much, it's just like, oh, well, which game? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and she picked Catan. So we set it all up. I was impressed because I, I set up the board and she immediately pulled out all the blue pieces and she wanted to play blue and she put her little uh, pirate lair on the starting spot for her pirate lair. And I'm like, wow, this is okay. This is We're happening. Doing this. I will say, though, it is still very much, you know, playing a game with a four-year-old. So she she is listening theoretically, but it looks nothing like listening or participating would. 
and it's it's so freaking frustrating and then she's like okay well i'm buying the boat now and it's like well oh okay so you were actually listening to what you were supposed to do like what you're trying to do next and like she puts the pieces in the thing you know in the in the, the tray she puts the, you know the resources in there and puts her boat in the correct spot and it's like well shit i both love and hate everything about this right now <laughs> it, it is <laughs> stop winning yeah stop winning uh it's it is frustrating to watch but you're playing so yeah she's testing me for weaknesses yeah, this is all just... she's trying to put me on tilt and it almost worked so <laughs> table table, yeah, the table. Also... there you go yeah right like fuck katan jr i'm out of here yeah right so... rage quit <laughs> <laughs> well so one of the funny things is she's been watching um some show every now and then on Netflix. I think it's the there's like a, a Jurassic Park Camp Cretaceous, and okay. it's it is as horrifying as Jurassic Park for for five year olds. Huh. Like in the very first scene of the first episode, some guy gets eaten off camera. Huh. <laughs> it's like it's like wait a minute that guy get tripped you know that guy just tripped over the you know over the 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 hill behind the bush and then you just see like raptors pounce in there and like. And then wow. you see his shoe down the hill or something. It's like, whoa, this is dark. <laughs> Anyways. That got dark um, real fast. Yeah, well, and Jean's like, I don't know if I like this show. And then she wants to watch more. And so one of the one of the, <laughs> Next the she'll be getting into true, there, true crime podcasts. Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> it's uh, one of the girls on there is a blogger. I, Jean doesn't know what a blogger is. If you ask her, she couldn't tell you. But she knows that she likes that girl. And therefore, Jean wants to be a blogger. And Jean has also decided that she's a gamer girl. So Jean, out of the blue, tells me that she wants to be a game and blogger. And I was like, well, but do you, do you know that, that I I do that? And she just like... She's, well, like, she's going to kick our ass is what's going to happen if she starts this thing I up. know. I know. And then and then tonight, she was talking like about wanting to play uh, like a, a role-playing game and wanted to be an elf barred princess with a pet unicorn like i don't understand what you're saying what have you done with my child i love this i mean clearly we should just stream all of our D D sessions with gene no because she's going to be more popular and, and more you know what we should do we should make her a dm profitable. oh there we go right. that would be coherent <laughs> it could surprisingly be coherent and completely throw you off again i exactly i can't i can't afford to have that much success Come from her because it'll make me feel bad about my life choices. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. we'll see. I'm already starting to piece together. Uh, maybe in, in a year when she's a little bit a, a little bit older and can uh, string together sentences for more than a few minutes. Um, like have a you know be able to properly share opinions and thoughts about subjects. But she might be doing some game reviews uh, recorded and played here. So we'll see. There you go. I bet I bet she'd have fun with Dungeons and Doggies and Cats and Catacombs uh, for for role playing if she if, if when she's maybe another year or two. Ooh, I'll check those out. Send me the link. All right, we'll do. Cats, we'll do. Cats and Catacombs. I've not heard of that. Is it like uh, yeah, Steam Forge Games? They're D and D fifth ed uh, books and minis that you can do. So you you play as the swashbuckling buccaneer pit bull or the wizard. Uh, Rottweiler, what have you? It, it's adorable. So all the pets are had the classes of their 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 hero, human companions, and you play as the pets and the adventures they have. That's kind of awesome. Oh, that's hilarious. 
It's so saccharine sweet. Like I, I get diabetes every time I look at it. <laughs> Corgi rogue. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Okay, John. What have you been? Uh, what have you been playing? Well, I played a couple of games in Netrunner versus uh, Elias, who we'll have on the show at some point to talk about no more Netrunner stuff. And I got like the God Hand for for Kit. So for those of you who don't know, uh, apologies, but I just got to geek out about this opening hand. So Kit is a shaper identity where the first time you hit a piece of ice, it turns into a code gate, right? Okay. So my opening hand was this card, which is a code gate breaker, right? So I had that already. I had money in the form of sure gamble. I had tinkering, which turns anything into a code gate, just in case one code gate turned like free change wasn't enough. I had OmniDrive, which is a way to get free money and then more money <laughs> in my opening hand. <laughs> so just like my opening hand was like uh Katie, OmniDrive, uh, and then like sure gamble, and I was like, all right. Your turn. <laughs> and he was like, oh crap. And then later I drew into Dinosaurus and Yogg off of John Masanori. So like I this is in the full deck because it was a it was a uh, one of those um uh start like startup formats. Uh the I forget what it's called now, but it's the thing that auto generates the deck based on like just randomly and they're not potato decks are like reasonable. And it was just uh-huh. he just couldn't keep me out because I just had like the most brutal opening hand. He was just like, "This is stupid. I don't want to. I don't want to do this anymore." <laughs> but yeah, so I had to share that that amazing opening hand. I don't think I could have asked for a better one out of out of Kit. Um, yeah, I've really been enjoying yeah, just messing around and uh, and building some more decks for eventually when we when we get to to meet space dead tree, more strange idioms. <laughs> To, to to play some more Netrunner in person, so it'll be a good time. Looking forward to it. Yeah. What about you, PJ? Uh, I haven't got to play a whole lot. Um, being at a store, but uh, I did get a couple of games of BattleTech in. It's uh, it's math that pretends to be Top Gun, and it's not Top Gun. Oh no. But I mean, it's still enjoyable. Uh, I played classic BattleTech and uh. I, I made the mistake of having not played since like 2002. Sure. By the way, yeah. the game's mostly the same. Yep. Hasn't changed since the um, 80s. And and I was like, sure, I'll take this little Irby mech and it's got an LBX. Oh, oh wait, I don't have a I don't have a thousand D6s to roll each LBX shot. Oh, I know, Oops. right? I I think a fishing tackle box with like each 2D6 in there and you shake the tackle box and you set it down is the only way to really do that effectively. Jeez. That's a smart idea, um, right? It's, still... it's the, it's a, you, we could we could sell that and call it like Boggle for BattleTech. Oh, I've seen I've seen people actually do this for 40k where they get like the like the little tackle box organizers that are clear, mm-hmm. and they they put one dice in each one of them and just write a number like how many d6 am I rolling? I'm rolling eight. I just pick up the thing and shake it, and the first eight are the 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 dice that count. Hmm. I, I could see it have been handy when I, you know, played 40k and I had like 50 towel rapid fire pulse rifle shots, and I was like, well, that, you know, just assume they're all ones, but that, 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 let's just yeah. roll it anyway, you know. And really, for bat, for you know, for BattleTech, the only difference is you you shake the box and like this is the first table, which goes to this sub table, which goes to that sub table, which goes to that sub table, which goes to that sub table. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Oh, wait, like, you critted. So let's see what you get with the internal structure damage. Roll that. Yeah. <sighs> it was fun, though. Uh, I also played Alpha Strike, which is their simplified rule set. Um, I only played, you know, two mechs on another mech. I had a, 
Oh god, what did I have? A rifleman and a Irby Mech, which mm-hmm. is Irby Mech for life. And the my opponent, uh Scott, who's running me through the game, had a Marauder 2. And I was like, okay, sure. And he murdered me, of course. Of course. That's <laughs> an assault mech. Right? So, so, the like, Irby the Irby did some work though. Oh my god. Really? It didn't did just get work. melted immediately? <laughs> Well, see, the nice thing about me printing up all that 3D terrain is I was like, we're going to use this. Oh. So the Airbnb was able to you know, jump jet and hide behind everything. There you go. There you go. That's that's the way to do it. But, yeah. So any... Alpha Strike was fun, though. And uh, it Alpha Strike, you, you're able to get a game of Battletech in without consulting quite as many charts in only an hour rather than four. I will consider it because I do love the universe a lot, probably more than I love the Heavy Gear universe. Um, but the game, heavy gear, the game is, is significantly more my speed these days. Literally. I, I'm not going to lie. Painting up the Battletech mechs. I was like, I really wish I, I, I talked to uh DreamPod nine. We're getting the trade account. I was waiting for the new two player starter sets before I put an order in, but I might jump the gun a little and just get some stuff at least to get painted up and play some games. You should. They paint up real quick. Not that I, I painted anything I aside from. I was gonna say you painted stuff quick. What? What is this? <laughs> Ouch! All right, all right, right, right in the heart. <laughs> all right, it I should say right, it, right in, I, right I, in the I, Y wing. I got a Y wing on my shirt today. Yeah, oh, man. you're you're an animal though. I I would have never done sub assemblies on the, the the MDF stuff. I've got one of those cosmic corridors and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like it's just it's just a it's crazy here. Let me see if I can show you what I've got going on. Yeah, so it's just like sub assemblies for days. Oh no! Oh god! <laughs> so many. It's so many, and this stuff is inside, and I painted it too. Like you'll never see this, but it's in there. So like if you if you open it up, you can see inside that there's more ladders inside for some reason. Man, that looks so cool though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's gonna look great for photos. Yeah. Like, seriously. Yes. I mean, like it's gonna it's gonna look really nice. So there's even like doors on the bottom. Like there's there's an en- there's like some way to interact with everything except for like this side and this side. Everything else, like the orange stuff, is interactable. Interactive, I guess. Interactable. I don't know what I'm doing. But yeah, that's that was the game plan. Uh, so this table, because it's 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 gonna be based on um, what is it? The Apollosation? Is that what you called the the Museum mini stuff? Yeah. Um, so all of the ladders on that set are orange, right? So. Mm-hmm. I went with orange uh, ladders here too because it's all for the same table. And then I decided to do some in blue and some in, in green. Um, so we'll see how we'll see how it goes. Yeah, nice. Eventually, I'll finish painting this Morlock who's been sitting in my <laughs> my my my, uh, my model holder forever. Oh, one Morlock. I'm not going to judge. I'm I'm still painting the Saga Greeks. So there you many go. Greeks. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. I've got. I've got no no skin in that game. Soon. Yeah, soon TM. Right. <laughs> all right. Well, if that is all the gaming, it is time to give away from some stuff from Mythic Games. Ta-da! All right, here comes the few prizes every week. May the Games provides one of our lucky listeners with $10 in credit to moe-games.com, their online store. Uh, PJ, 
what magic word would you like to pick for people to have to type in one time without spamming uh, to have their chance to win? How about cube? Cube, there we go. All right. Spelled with a C, not a K. You're bad at spelling. Go ahead and type that word now. And our bot will be like, one of these people that said that word is going to get the thing. Super descriptions. Yay. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll give you another second. And here we go. Do, 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 do. Hey, Jeremy gets it. Congratulations. Congratulations. I'll go ahead and shoot that information on over. And you'll get your. <laughs> I play A left, so can I type cube 2.0? <laughs> wow, wow, wow. I was waiting for it. That's yeah. too funny. Well played. Well, congratulations, Jeremy. And uh, thank you very much to Mythic Games for your support. Yeah, thank you. And thank you all for listening. So, with that, without further delay, it's time for the main event. All right, guys, tonight we are here to talk with PJ about what it's like to run your friendly local game store during COVID. If all you guys are wondering how bad it is for your local game store owner, manager, and employees, we have someone here to tell you exactly <laughs> what it was like or what, it's, what it is still currently like. Um, so, spoiler alert, it's hard. <laughs> right, good night everybody <laughs> yeah right uh so it, it's it's different i imagine for folks in different parts of the world and a lot of us not every game store talks to other managers or owners and etc but we do have facebook groups that are secret none of you can join um it's uh it's been really hard um so we've been closed now for over a year at this point Oh, we should start off with who's uh, been closed. I was about to do that. So I'm the I'm the general manager for Board and Brew Games here in Houston, Texas, and we just got a brand new fancy logo as well, which is pretty fly. I think we might have that pop up here at some point. But but uh, patches and coasters and yeah, patches, patches. coasters, stickers. You know. It, big sign to put out front, you know, so people actually know where we are. Crazy talk. I know. Right. There you go. Weird. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So we were in the process of moving, uh, right when COVID hit to a new, bigger, more impressive, more awesome location with much better parking. And, uh, we got all of one Saturday of gaming in and no. we were still, you know, unloading stuff at the time, but, my community is great. And they're like, we want to play some infinity. I was like, okay, guys, we'll roll the door up and get the barbecue pits out. Have fun. But, uh, yeah, we had one Saturday and that was it. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Our brand new brand spanking new logo. So, uh, board and brew games is a, an idea that's been in the works for a while. It's we've been around before we were, we used to be a club and you paid admission or you pay, you paid your club membership dues. And it was a really cool setup. It was nice. But with a club format, you really can't grow a whole lot uh, mm -hmm. being being exclusive like that. So we decided to shake things up and try something else so that we can start growing the community more, grow into a larger space. And uh, we are we, we decided to go for it and sign a new lease, get a 
Oh boy, it's like our gaming room is fifty foot by forty foot. We we can accommodate oh, up nice. to thirty in games of Infinity comfortably before we have to break out any folding tables and the extra terrain we have. Holy so, cow! Yeah, we we had a an event previously before COVID, uh, Infinity. Uh, Human Sphere New Year, and we had 28 people, I want to say, for that. Oh, that's so, pretty decent. And it's all on the pretty terrain, like you saw before. Uh, we, we, we take it seriously, so everything is both playable and pretty. But uh, yeah, COVID hit, and it threw a wrench in the works. Uh, you can't really serve beer to people and have them playing games when they, they could potentially give each other a life-threatening and life-altering disease. So, uh, we have been nice. shut down for the entirety of a year. Um, we, we've been doing mail order service and curbside pickup. And so this is where that, the interesting thing about how businesses run comes in the, comes in the focus. Uh, I, I don't know how much our listeners pay attention to the game store whenever they're in there versus the game they're playing. Probably mostly the game they're playing. But mm-hmm. uh, you go in, you support your store, you buy a couple of boxes of uh, Mukhtar or, you know, a couple, couple, you know, net rods. I don't know. Whatever you want to throw your dollars at. And you, you help out your store. But uh, the margins on gaming products, be it board games, miniatures, paint, what have you, aren't great. Especially since we have to discount in order to stay competitive with online sellers. So sure. a lot of our money comes from concessions. Uh, concessions are really are the bread and butter concessions and event fees. Huh. So, uh, so like this past year with COVID, um, during COVID, our merchandise sales were actually better than they were the previous year, which tracks with a lot of other stores when you talk to them. But because the margins are so much tighter, we, I mean, you still, we still lost money. And that, that's true for just about every store you talk to. Oh, interesting. So yeah, it's it's not important just to support your friendly little game store by buying the the miniatures there whenever you want a coke. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, if you want a coke or a four, you know, if if you want, uh, right, don't skip the bodega, go to the game yeah, shop, the Red Bull, what have you. And I mean, most of the time, your miniature game store, your friendly local store, it's not going to be super expensive. But the food and concessions are really what you know make sure that we can keep the lights on for you. Right. That's 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 really interesting because you know you think about um, you know a lot of the markup I think like the standard markup on GW stuff is forty percent or forty five percent if you buy direct I can't remember um, yeah something like, like that yeah and it changes between certain product ranges but yeah yeah like that's not that's not great you know in the world of retail you're usually shooting for fifty percent and above so already for a specialty retail product going under that ideal threshold. Um, is a bummer. <laughs> yeah, because so like, it's, it's not just that you know you're getting at forty percent. You you're also losing five percent for credit card fees, another percentage yeah. for your uh, whatever point of sale software system you're using. Usually another percentage if you pay with a credit card with your uh, distributor, and then you also like we still have to pay for shipping unless we reach certain order quotas and caps. And even then, if the order gets too big, you still have to pay some shipping. Right. So. Uh, the margins get eaten up quite quickly when it comes to the gaming merchandise. Um, and yeah, that's th- there's not much like, what we can do about that. Right. Like, uh, you know, a lot of people, ex- you know, it, it almost feels like a lot of people expect like a 20% discount because that's what you're able to get online. But when you, yeah, when which, you is, say, which is huge, right? That's half the profit margin. And then you're actually 
you know, like you said, another 5% on top of that for credit card fees. So you're talking, you know, on a hundred dollar box, that store makes 10 bucks. More often than not. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, how many $10 boxes does it take to pay rent? You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, just, just the employee salary. If you got say yeah. two guys working there, uh, one man in the front and man register and the other one's running events for folks. Think, think about how many battle force boxes or army boxes or rule books you have to sell before we just pay people salary that's in the store. And, uh, you, you see it online. There was an article I read today where somebody was, you know, cheering the death of single friendly local game stores because they, they, they want to buy online only. And I'm like, you know, it's, we, we live in a wild world where it's a golden yeah. age of gaming. We have, like late night war games here. We've got podcasts, Twitch streams, YouTube videos. We've got whole TV shows and, and all kinds of entertainment marketed at gamers now. But those algorithms target that marketing towards gamers. It's not recruiting new people. It's only for the existing. And yeah. well, we're all getting older. I got some gray hair coming in here and here and uh, yeah. yeah, all in here. So youthful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so we, we, Adam's Adam's doing doing his part. <laughs> right right getting the younger gamers in yeah right. uh but the, the best it way to do sense. that is with your friendly local game store there, there just really isn't a better model for it than that and if we're not around yeah you can buy Catan at target right now but there was a time when you could buy HeroScape and other board games at tar at walmart and kmart and such and then for a couple of decades oh poof, man Heroscape. there was nothing right now that is a that's a you know, an interesting bit to think about, right? Like the game store is where people learn about this stuff. Um, yeah. you know, they might pick it up from Target, right? But a lot of, at least what I see a lot of the game stores that I've frequented in the past is like kids walk there after school, they go check it out. Like it kind of create, builds this community that you can't get from shopping from Amazon, right? Yeah. And, and we're in a but time you right you now where... You don't hang out in the review section? No. Mm -mm. <laughs> Um, oh man, that review section's rough. You don't want to go there. You get shamed. Only on, only on things like the uh, the sugar free gummy bears that give everyone diarrhea and then people bring them to their office and don't tell. Uh, those are go. my favorite reviews. There you go. Those but, are the best. Uh, yeah. No. So it, it's one of those things like you you, you talk about recruitment. Even um, you know, a normal person will go to a game store and look for recommendations. You can go online like BG. You know, BGG is a thing. Board Game Geek, right? And you get recommendations there a lot. But to me, I almost feel like Board Game Geek is, um, or and online recommendations in general, it's like drinking from a water hose or a fire hose, right? It it's is. Just like, There's yeah. too much. Just, I want just a person that I trust that I speak to to tell me which toy to buy. Well, not only that, but like, you know, it's, there's a lot of nuance to games and stuff. And, you know, algorithms are always getting better, but it's it doesn't really replace the human contact. One of the, my favorite parts about the game store that we used to frequent in New York, PJ, was that we would go in there and the owners would know who we were, what like what we liked, and then like say like, oh, there's this new thing coming out. Do you want me to set aside a copy for you? Because I know you'll like this. And I'm like, yeah, of course, because they, I mean, they knew exactly what kind of board games I, I would want to play. And board game geek i can go on there and i can try and keep track of all the kickstarters i can try and keep keep track of new releases but you're gonna forget like well, at least i do i guess i'm old and drink too much uh agua de ente. but uh yeah <laughs> yeah it, it, it helps especially if you say one of the more common issues that people run into especially with covid is you'll get partners come in it's like hey 
I'm trying to find a game to play with with my wife or husband or what have you. Here's what they enjoy playing. Like they like this game and right. this game, but they hate this game. Even though they beat me at it, they hate this game. I'm like, well, okay. So what mechanics are we looking at that they enjoy playing with? What mechanics do they not like? Okay, they don't like drafting, but they enjoy card games. Hmm. Okay, this is interesting. Let's puzzle out and figure out what what kind of game that you two would enjoy playing. And you you can't really get that online because if you try and post it on Facebook on a board game group page, you're just going to get like, you know. Tons of trolley comments that are all basically the same, and you might get one good comment in there, but who's got time to read seventy comments? I mean, plus the other thing is you get in, you know, uh, different game stores have different business models, but in some some of them you can actually try the game before you like buy. We, it. we do. We have, we have board game libraries and miniature libraries, so that you can try out miniature games, board games, card games, whatever you want to do. Yeah. And and I mean, this, and this comes into what some people are saying online and you and you run into and like there's no counter to it it's like not every game store is friendly and that's also true yeah i yeah i mean you you'll you'll find folks who argue constantly and i have a hard time saying this as a as a manager of a game store but yeah there are place time there are stores that you walk into and you're like okay they didn't acknowledge i'm here it smells kind of bad the markup yeah. on this is 10 percent above <laughs> msrp I don't. I want to support the idea of community, but this place isn't fostering community. I get it. Yeah, buy from you know miniature market or wherever. Yeah, that's. I understand your reasoning there. It's the folks who come in and use the paint station, take the free classes, use the demo forces, and they pull the phone out in front of you and order it on Amazon. And yeah, there is the. Uh, it's a, it's almost like the the Gordon Ramsay kitchen nightmares. You know, sometimes you right. walk into some stores and you're like, why are you making it hard for me to give you money? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, COVID obviously is a difficult challenge. Now, one of the interesting things about um, your store is that you, you haven't gone out of business. You actually expanded and have grown and now have a brewery. Is that right? <laughs> Not a brewery, no. Uh, so we're actually we're getting a license so that we can, you know, before we were a clubhouse and we gave the beer away uh, to, to members because we were a club and you pay a membership fee and members get free beer. Uh, so now it's well, we're going to sell beer. Members uh, still get ben benefits. So if you're a member, it's more like a VIP program. So members get like three free pours, an extra 5% off MSRP. Uh, we're going to do a flat 15% off so far. So we can stay competitive, but God, once you get up to twenty five percent off on on merchandise, oh, it, it's hard. Yeah. But uh, for for remember, like our, the the folks, the community that we've got, the folks who are paying thirty five bucks a month to get three free pours and uh, an extra five percent off, they they're the ones that really helped us carry through the past year, uh, doing all the pre orders through us, making sure that they they try and get anything that they want for gaming through us. You know, finding us like, hey. I'm not playing Infinity. What can I play at home? What What are some good solo games? What are some good dungeon crawlers? What's good to play with my kids? And I'm like, okay, yeah, we can. I can help you out with that. It's like, let me introduce you to Hobby Games and like Rhino Hero and a couple other things, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's tough. Uh, we we would like to do a micro brew brew at some point. Uh, we would need an even bigger space to do that though. Um, <laughs> right. 
We are working with uh, lots of local breweries, though. So, uh, like the folks from Spindle Tap, which is a local brewery here in town, uh, they do coffee roasting as well. Came by and gave us some uh, trial things to try out and see what we'd like to stock in the store. We, we've done, uh, right before COVID hit, a tap takeover at Ingenious Brewery, which is one of the best breweries I've been to in a at just period. You guys really have to try it out next time you're down here. Ingenious yeah. is fantastic. They do some really fun and funky flavors for beer, too. And it, it's clever in how they do it, like using different fruit sours and infusions. And anyway, check them out. Ingenious Brewery. Fantastic. Spindle Tap. Also wonderful. Their coffees are phenomenal. But uh, yeah, we're working with them to, to get special brews and such for our taps. And of course, we'll have bottle and can service. Um, mm-hmm. But not being able to sell that, not being able to sell fruit by the foot and, you know, Fritos or what have you, <laughs> various snacks. That, that, that's it really hurts. You described like my favorite um, breakfast in high school. Right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure yeah, not doing hot Cheetos, the heartburn special. Oh, yeah. We've got a question in chat about uh, renting space for RPGs. So, yeah, so that's the thing we're going to do. We actually have a new website launching. Uh, It'll feature all the new options that we have available to us. Uh, One of the... We're an inclusive game store. We we don't really sell Magic the Gathering uh, or collectible card games is is the only exception to that because you can go to literally any other store in the country on Friday night to play Magic. But if you want a game of D&D or Zweihandler or Infinity on a Friday night, it's your buddy's house or it's us. So uh, when it comes to to role-playing games, we actually have two private rooms that we've set up with executive tables and chairs and posters up in the walls and such so that you can book those rooms for your private D&D sessions. You're not just in a general gaming hall area and you have to shout over everyone else, dice rolling and drinks clacking and other people RPing and being loud and enthusiastic. You have your own private room, and you can do that. And uh, that, you can do that for board games, too. Uh, it's, some, it's something that I would want at a, at a game store. So it's something like the owner, he, it's something he wanted. It, like, what works in other stores? What do we want to have happen here? It's like, eh, you know, it'd be kind of nice to not have to listen to everyone else screaming and hollering about, you know, their 40 K kills and how many dice they rolled and going wog when you're trying to have a serious <laughs> discussion with the bard. Yeah, right. Right. The bard is making a deception check. Wog. <laughs> so it's funny. Yeah, that, uh... exactly. It, it breaks the immersion and immersion is our biggest uh, goal here at the stores. We, we want you to have the most immersive and, and fun experience, be it board gaming, miniature gaming or RPing. Sure. It's funny here, actually, Melanie mentions that she has memories of playing role-playing games at her old game store and didn't play miniature games in in, pers- in game stores until like a month before they all closed, which is like the absolute inverse of my gaming experience. Like the only games we played in the store were miniature games and role-playing games we played at Carl's Jr. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or Denny. <laughs> oh. Oh, Denny's was Denny's was after the Carl's Jr. closer kicked us out, which. Oh, yeah. So that's just kind of a funny. But no, like it, it is the you can think of a game store as a community gathering space, right? Our games take up a lot of space. And what's actually kind of a bummer about miniature games in, in our niche in general is that when it comes to like the amount of money per square foot you make in a game store, um, 
like magic cards versus miniature games it's night and day um and a lot of stores at least i know it is at glimpses and like we're you know always trying to convince them like no take up like massive amounts of shelf space for big boxes of little toys and or, or little us... blister packs that never move right yeah exactly yeah and um you know scoot over magic players that spend 500 dollars on one card and we're complaining about 500 dollars on an army yeah. You know, like yeah, yeah. it is it, it is one of those things that I have to I think about a lot um, is just like our demands of space just because the game we play is on a four foot up to six foot game board for some games. Yeah. And you can fit like eight games of magic in the same space. Sure. Yeah, so not- it, I mean, it, it, it's a it's a bold move that we're doing not 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 pushing the magic cards, but uh I've long been of the opinion, and I've been to lots of different stores, and I've seen some that have gone a similar route before. And it's, I mean, magic can be kind of a trap because um, yeah, you end up dedicating so much space packs. to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you dedicate so much space to it. You have to dedicate X number of staff man hours to it. You only have so much cognitive load and man hours that you can spend doing anything other than magic. And one bad release, you're kind of out of luck you haven't built a, you don't have another community there to back you up well and the 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 real bummer is that uh, like wizards of the coast dropped their msrp mm-hmm. there is no msrp on their products and they sell at what below msrp would be so you are actually if you are selling magic cards you have to compete with the producer of magic cards on price which which is crazy uh for a long time, the the winning model of Wizards of the Coast and Magic in general, this may come as a shock to some people, but a lot of game store owners are gamers. They're, they're not really business savvy, usually, and they're not event planners. And you kind of have to be both of those things to, yeah. to be successful with this. And yeah. what Wizards did is they took that off the table and they, they did all the work for you. They did the marketing. Wizards set up like, hey, have the cards, put the signs up. The magic players will know Friday Night Magic, they Wednesday Commander, and blah 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 blah. You know, and you don't have to do anything. They have their own judges that take and run everything for you, and you can just sit behind the counter and collect the money and work work the inventory. And yeah, it it can be a trap because you yeah. you, you do that, and then now MSRP doesn't exist, and Wizards is doing some of the the weird half like exclusive cards you can only buy through them and it's uh i yeah i'm not i'm not stoked with where wizards has gone i remember um before i moved out of san francisco the local game shop there every release you know they'd be selling boxes of cards right and their markup mm-hmm. was was four dollars per box so like yeah. that box of 36 packs they're making about 10 cents a pack um it was but like they, and, they had to sell at that price so the people would go down the street. Yeah, and the, the gamers who go in there and you can see the attitude, like, I don't want to say it's an entitlement attitude, but they're like, I helped. I made sure that your doors stay open. Why, are you, why aren't you more grateful? And I'm like, we, we're glad you're here, but you just dropped $100 and I made $10. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, that's one of the, that's like ultimately kind of one of the, the big bummers and things to really consider when you're, when people are out there buying, you know, buying the things for a hobby, right. Is that it might be expensive on the shelf. You know, that, 
that uh, even GW stuff, right? If especially if you're not if it's a smaller store that's not able to order GW direct, like their markup oh, yeah, is like their even worse. Oh, their markup is like thirty percent. So like that hundred dollar box, and then five percent of that's going to credit card fees. They're making twenty bucks on, and like how long is that spent on their shelf, and how you know how, how much and also how much space open? does it take on the shelf too? Yeah, which is also taxable, by the way. Let's not even get into that. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, like, if you think about, like, if you've got a game store with uh, two employees making fifteen bucks an hour, right? Uh, it, they have to sell um, a you know one of the GW start collecting boxes every hour just to pay their salary. And that doesn't include electricity, point of sale software, nothing else. Yeah. And, and yeah. that, that's the issue like we, we, we run into a lot of times, especially with COVID now, because people, uh, they, they get some sticker shock. You get some newer people who've never played board games before and like, hey, my buddy plays board games. I can't go anywhere. I'm going to look at board games. Sure. And they look at Catan or one of the other games. I'm like, why is this box of cardboard and little wooden sticks $60 or $70? I'm like, right. Have you seen how much it costs to print things? And the, the box weighs three kilos. How much does it yeah, cost to, to ship people. this? Yeah. Look how much wood costs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Those, I, I priced lumber out pulse. to do slat wall. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't go to Home Depot. It, it, it's the, the, the lumber prices right now will make I you just, have a stroke. I just had to buy I just had to buy four two by sixes and it was 20 bucks a freaking board. <laughs> if you can make two by threes work instead, use two by threes. That's my that's the only advice I got. <laughs> they're less than half the price just stack them together and i got nothing you know I, yeah, exactly. well, melanie will trade you that wood for some sheep so i think we're okay oh there we go hey <laughs> there you go that, nicely played nice to play that's awesome oh melanie please tell me you play Gatan jr where it is just wood sheep molasses and gold my daughter doesn't know what molasses is but she knows that she needs it to make her pirate hideout <laughs> it's the oh, ingredient to rum right so all right so you know i think we, we've stressed pretty heavily like guys do everything you can to support your local game store because we do need a place to play afterwards and even if you aren't uh playing at your local game store like you need they need to be open to recruit more people for you to play in the future but the thing that's really interesting to me is that uh, let me talk about you haven't gone out of business you you've almost in a way um you've re timing forced you in a way uh to reinvent what this game club was into a store right and that to me is yeah is, it really so, did because i remember when you started there it was like you know here's this big empty space there's no terrain you know and then like you have just been cranking terrain like a mother man yeah, it's been crazy. Like our 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 chats with PJ are just like terrain pictures all day long, and I'm like, well, I made a box. <laughs> it took, I mean, me, like, it took me two I, weeks. You made a good box though, John. Don't undersell it. Yeah. Don't all right, it. all right. But like, I fucking love terrain. So like, once PJ started being like, well, let me show you the terrain I've been making. I'm like, you play like you making blood and plunder terrain. Ninety percent of my interest in blood and plunder is like, I'd like to make a pirate table. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's so much fun. Oh my god, I love making pirate tables. Uh, we're, we're building another one right now, <laughs> so we have even more blood and plunder. Oh, I'm jealous! I'm jealous. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll snap some photos. Uh, I think I sent you a picture of the uh, the starship I printed up at, with the resin printer. Oh my recently god, like from... that big! It's huge for people on the podcast. Yeah. My hands were 
at least shoulder width apart. <laughs> yeah. Let's see if I can pull it up. It, it's guys. great for Stargrave. It's great for Infinity. And you can fit all your dudes in it. You can fit, in, you can fit your entire Infinity 15 man force inside of it. It's great. I like it. But, Just uh, so we have a chain rifle. Right. Chain, well, the, you don't have to worry about the very engine chain rifle. It's only a boarding shotgun. Oh, mm. sad. So, um, yeah, it's also. I, I'm a little bit curious about this this transformation, or what have you what do you guys have what have you changed basically to help you survive the COVID? Um, the Rona. So beforehand, uh, our business model was primarily concessions. Uh, we had membership fees and concessions were the main drivers. We didn't really stock a lot of stuff on the shelves. We didn't push sales, and we're still very friendly about that. We're not, you know, we're not cheesy, smarmy used car salesmen. Not that I was ever one of those. In I was my like, past "Come on, life. I used to work at GW. Like, we know how to sell plastic crap." Right, and I, I actually was a used car salesman for. Oh, grew really? up doing that. That's amazing. Yep, there it is. That, that's a uh, second dynasty. Uh, fantastic STL files, uh, designed for FDM printing, but prints on resin very nicely. You're you're a madman printing that in resin. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, well, yes, I am. It's the Aguadiente. There you go. But uh, yeah, so w most of our money was concessions and membership fees. And once COVID hit, at first, our members, again, we wouldn't be around if it wasn't for our community. Our, our community that we developed and worked on and, and loved, loved us and loved playing on our tables and loved coming in and playing is the only reason why we're still here. Uh, we decided, like when when I was brought on board, it was we were we were gonna push and have more stuff on the shelf and sell more more merchandise. It was gonna be basically more of the same, just bigger what we had before. But COVID really forced. Oh, I mean, it, it made me stretch my wings a little bit and uh, work on doing mail order stuff. Work on doing uh, stocking in more products and especially products that aren't sold locally at other stores. Um, mm. A lot of stores, again, because of cognitive load, you can only do so much at a time, and usually it's the manager or the owner that does it all. Right. They, they go through Golden or Alliance, and if neither one of them have it, maybe they might go through PhD or, or one other distributor. They don't really go through a Excel spreadsheet of distributors to try and make sure that you can get whatever it is they want. Like uh, we have a Victrix account now, which I know you guys are excited about uh, for the historicals. Yeah. Give me some uh, we'll be up here. Yeah, Carthaginians, some Greeks, some, some Romans. They're somewhere in a boat. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, it'll show up. But uh, there, there aren't. I mean, there, there just aren't that many stores in the U.S. who even carry Victrix. I'm like. Go the extra mile, get it. Uh, we set up and have a War Cradle account now. Uh, yeah, I mean, and you guys just got sponsored by War Cradle, I believe. It's it's, yeah, it's hard it's to funny. beat these, these these figures, right? So if you if you're interested in this sort of stuff, right? Like this is like the the proportions look pretty decent and everything. So yeah. So for those of you and who aren't plastic, familiar, plastic multi part multi posable figures like the, these aren't resin, these aren't metal. They, no, they are fantastic. They're legit quality. You know, I, I feel like a lot of if it's not from the Perry twins, I feel like a lot of historics are kind of meh. But the I, Victrix... I don't want to say they look like potatoes, but a lot of historicals look like potatoes. Yeah. But the, the, Victrix... the number of rivets are correct. They have the correct yeah. number of rivets, but they're potato shaped. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah. Like like they're so obsessed with scale they don't take you know, they don't take into account manufacturing processes at that scale. Like Yeah. <laughs> um so no the, the Victrix plastics I think are in terms of plastic historics. 
it's going to be them and not Lost Kingdom. I'm blanking on the uh, Fire something. Firelock Games, who does uh, Blood and Plunder. Yes. Um, they both, I think, make some of the best in scale. They you know, they they have kind of the style of, I guess, what we're, we're used to with a little bit more stylized miniatures. Um, but they're they're very well historic as well. It's kind of yeah, a, a yeah. nice spot in between. I know that with um with Firelock Games in particular, their models are all sculpted in 3D, but they're actually sculpted in 3D to look like they're green stuff sculpted. Which is it's, really neat to me. Like I I, I, I find it so charming on, on, on multiple levels. It, like it blows me away. The, the the new plastics look fantastic too. We we did the uh we're doing the retail backer for their Kickstarter. So the new plastic pirates and plastic uh sloops should be coming out soon ish with uh, the the advance of the 18th century because i mean all their so, all their uh, stuff has been resin ships right before yeah yeah resin ships with metal components goodness gracious and they're, they're really nice resin ships but it's a lot of work and uh they're they're a bit fragile and doing plastics it makes them a lot more easy to work with especially if you want to do conversion work yeah Oh, and then uh, Fireforge Games is also pretty good, depending on what time timeline you're looking for. They mm-hmm. do some cool, they do some really cool low fantasy stuff. So if you want to do like a, um, they have a, a line that is literally totally not House Stark in 28 millimeter. That um, <laughs> is legally it is distinct North, House Stark. Yeah, exactly. North North uh, Northmen Warriors, I believe, is what they are, and they'll have wolves on their shields and stuff like that. Totally not House Stark, but yeah, yeah they look pretty good too. Yeah, but there's that, but that what so it's like Victrix, which is slightly more historically accurate than than Firelock or Fireforge, and then you got Firelock and Fireforge, and kind of ninety percent of the other historics out there. Uh, again, Perry's aside, because Perry's are sculpting gods. Um, are well, you also pay for Perry. <laughs> yeah, you do. So, yeah, like you getting Victrix is actually a big deal because when when John and I were, were toying with the idea of looking at a saga, like nobody has them in the U.S. So, yep. you know, for you as a for you as a retailer to be like, well, shit, you know, I need to survive COVID, right? What are the products that people want that they cannot get here? You know, most people are getting their Victrix through other people that are repackaging them and white labeling them and like tripling the price. Um, yeah, which is the first route I I looked at, to be honest, and yeah. I I did the legwork and got the account. Yeah, and and it's 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 awesome. Like this is this is what um, you have to differentiate yourself somehow in this market. In this, you know, yeah, this market exactly. Well, it, you only have so much wall space too, and this this goes into a, a bigger philosophical idea on how game stores should operate within a community. Um, I've always had a, a working relationship with several game stores. Um, even when I worked with GW, we had a, a hobby shop. You had G and G Hobby Shop, which had been there. My dad was a kid and went to G and G Hobby Shop, and uh, nice. they they were around for years. And if there's something I didn't have at GW, we would send them to G and G, and G and G would send people to us. Like, hey, you know, I'm buying trains, but my you know grandson doesn't like trains as much, but I wanted to build models. What should I do? Oh, tell him to go paint Space Marines, and they'd send people over here and. It worked out. You know, we'd get our woodland scenic stuff over there for the tables whenever GW static grass didn't work out, you know, whatever. But uh, I, I've always had you that working relationship. You weren't required to only use GW products at all times and not acknowledge the existence of anything outside of that? Yeah, see, we didn't do that. And as a result, we got to paint all the Games Day armies. Like, yeah. so many Games yeah. Day armies. 
Oh God, yeah, no, I. I, I could tell I could paint you a company of blood angels in a week. I found out. <laughs> orcs. We always got to sign orcs. Oh, you got oh, orcs. I, got so... I made I made the mistake. We started off with dark angels. We had to paint a few. I think it was. I think I had to paint half a company of dark angels for one games day, and I made the mistake of going through and you just using some white paint, putting on putting on all the campaign badges in the the. the um, the the laurels and stuff like that and the you know, the broken swords they're like oh mm-hmm. well apparently this store is overachievers so like next games day they're like cool you have a week to paint this whole blood angels company <laughs> and that's why I, I developed some cool tricks like it was the whole like spray paint it red chestnut ink the whole thing and redry brush it red to get like properly shaded blood angels and then for the the helmets this was my my trick because the stupid like blood angels di- differentiate everything by helmet yeah. So it was uh, all the non-red helmets were spray painted white, and that was back when GW still made inks. So we mm-hmm. could just I could uh, yeah, yellow ink. The list was like we didn't have non-oil or Devon mud; those didn't exist oh. yet. <laughs> so yeah, so but yellow ink over white was so much better than ever trying to paint yellow back in the day. Especially the yellow pigment back then it was like what sunburst yellow, and it was oh, so yeah. thin. No, it was yeah. You might as well be trying to paint it with earwax; like you'll get better coverage. Yeah, ridiculous. But, but, but yeah, uh, flashbacks. Oh, no, no, God. Yeah. Yeah, no, Thank I you. There are good yellows now. Yeah, right. Jesus. But uh, yeah, having a working relationship with other stores, because um, there are games that I don't have a strong community for, and there are products that I don't have a whole lot of. So like Asgard Games, another store in town, they have a great uh, Mantic community. They have really strong community for Mantic games, and uh, also for Motifius games like Fallout and such. So before COVID, I, like, I would go games? there and I would play some games, and I would I would send people there. I was like, hey, you know, yeah, you can buy this stuff from me, and if you're looking for more folks to play, and they would end up sending people to 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 my store. And really cool. we, yeah, it, it, the thing is like when you purely compete with other stores especially when it comes to something niche and weird and nerdy dorky is gaming that's also a social hobby if you create friction with your community with other stores you make it impossible to then do larger scale events within the city mm-hmm. yep and i mean that's that's the that's the end goal is to be able to do stuff like adepticon has in chicago in chicago houston's the third houston's now bigger we're the third biggest city in the, in the u.s and there's no reason why we can't have a massive event for gaming here. When you have them in Chicago, you've got them in Atlanta, you've got other cities can do it. Why don't we have it here? And part of, part of that is re-engineering and rethinking how we have community here. So that Stop we making more work for yourself, work together PJ. Store. <laughs> yeah, what right? was that? Stop making work for yourself, PJ. That's my curse. It's what I do, especially since I've done conventions for so many years. I'm, like, I'm not doing a convention right now, so why don't I do that? No. <laughs> No. <laughs> anyway, but I've that, been that's down this idea. road with like, you over too much rum before. It's true, we really have. But it comes back to the store, though. Uh, being able to survive uh, for yeah. a long time, especially in the early months of COVID, there was no stock of anything. Like we couldn't get anything in stock from any of our distributors because their warehouses were either shut completely because many of them are on the West Coast, or they didn't have any stock at all because there, there's no dry. There aren't any you know, long haul drivers bringing anything from the ports. So if somebody came in and like, Hey, I want to paint some cultist for Frostgrave. I'm like, 
well, shit, I don't have any. Uh, what other story do I know of had a whole bunch in stock? Oh, Etten had some. I was, go, go try Etten out. They might have some. And uh, remember that next time you come by, if, you know, you want to get something else. I might not have it, but I'll try and find it for you, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And it keeps all of us in all of our businesses going. Because if a game store closes, yeah, some of the gamers will go to each other's houses or they might go to a different store. But a lot of them will just quit. They'll stop gaming. And mm-hmm. that all of the all of the effort to build the community and have, you know, fellow gamers exist is just lost at that point. And there's no reason for it. Like, just work together, guys. <laughs> uh, so we, we do things like there's a, a Greater Houston Blood Bowl League where all of our all of the stores, we work together and figure out, like, hey, what days aren't too busy so the league players can travel from store to store to store and see what each store is like in town hmm. and get a feel for how each one does things differently. Each one stocks things differently. Each one's got a different vibe. That way, no one store is trying to, like, Bogart hide all of one community for themselves. Right, that's really right. cool. Yeah, yeah home, home and away home, games. Home and away, yeah, uh, right, exactly. We do that for Dreadball too. Uh, we have a big Dreadball league in Houston. Uh, again, Mantic. Uh, we have a, a bunch of really cool little niches that, that that exist, and we try and encourage them throughout the entire city. Because you've got folks that we have a, a huge contingent of Infinity players down south, down in like Na- the NASA area. And for those of you that don't know, Houston, while also being the third largest city now, is also a hundred miles across. It's huge. Oh, yeah, it's a big city. So uh, just because you're in the same city as another guy that plays the niche game that you want doesn't mean that you're necessarily nearby each other. <laughs> yeah, right. That's like that's like a, okay, I've cleared my Saturday. Let's do this. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But yeah, uh, just work, working together, and that's something that really helped. You know, during COVID, Nick, working with other stores, seeing how each of, each of each other are doing, making sure that we're still you know doing okay, that we're all trying to at best you know make sure we we use masks and ha- have our customers mask up. Not every store was like that, and uh, which is unfortunate because you have stores that were opportunistic because there were players who didn't care as much, and they still if they needed that, that they needed that hit. They needed to play the games, and it would still go in. And there's nothing we can really do about that. But as far as the stores that were inside the city and inside of Houston proper and inside the Beltway, like we all worked together to try and make sure we could get by. And some of us didn't. Some of the stores closed, which is really, really sad because it, it there aren't as many local friendly local game shops, and there aren't as many opening up there. Uh, it, it's a really hard business to get into. It's expensive, especially on the front end when you get started. And for the margins to be as bad as they are, anyone who's clever enough to do it usually is clever enough to do something else instead. <laughs> That's that is that has honestly been like the how come I don't open a game store because yeah. I, I I I like money. <laughs> yeah, uh, I get paid more to not open a game store. So guess what? I'm not going to do. Yeah, uh, that's what I love. People who do it, <laughs> it, it it's a passion project. Yes, it, it really is. is. You, you do it. You see, it's a labor it, of love, really. It is, and we, I, I really want people to realize that when they go into the game store and they're, they're crotchety and they, they they're complaining about the MSRP on prices, it's like we don't set that. That's, you know, the wholesalers set that. We don't have any control on that. Yeah, like, we wouldn't be here if we didn't love gaming and want you to be playing games. 
please be nice. <laughs> <laughs> there are things we can control and things that we 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 need to charge you so we don't close. Yeah, it's like we could not stock it, and then you would buy it online anyway. Still, so. Mm. But yeah, that, that's that's uh. COVID's been interesting. Uh, we're excited to open back up, though. We're looking at uh, first weekend of June. Because yeah. I'm vaxxed up. I'm good to go. Uh, the owner just got his second shot. Uh, the other employee, he's vaxxed up. He's good to go now, too. So uh, I got to see my, my co- <laughs> Kaz. I got to see Kaz for the first time, like, last week in a year. What? Like, hey, buddy. How have you been? He's like, oh, my gosh. COVID, man. And we, we, we got to hang out with him and paint for a bit and work on some store projects. I'm like, oh, it's nice not doing this by myself. Yeah, I, that's, I love it that's, my that's the thing visit. that like I, I think I miss the most is hobbying in a social space. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that hurt a lot of people. I know it burned me out. Um, having a lot of different projects to work on at the store helped some. But even then, I'd go in and I'm like, I love games. I love modeling. I love terrain, but I just don't want to look at this stuff right now because right. it's been a year and I haven't played a single game. Well, I mean, for me, it's it is a much more social thing. This is probably why I I give almost no interest at all to TTS. I think TTS is great. People play it. They enjoy the game. Cool. I'm, That's how yeah, I feel. I'm, I'm happy for you, but like for me. Uh, gaming is an excuse to day drink and hang out with friends, right? And make stupid jokes while you're rolling dice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just yeah. laugh at the fact that you just rolled quadruple snake eyes. Yeah, exactly. And and I don't get. Yeah, that's me. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and, in there. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, and I don't. I don't even mind watching the guys play on Sunday, on tabletop. Like it's it's great, you know. Uh, Clint and Tim make it more enjoyable to watch, that's for sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's I gotta hang out with someone. I need to to have someone to yell at when things go bad. I need to, yeah. You know, well, I, even having someone to hang out with to paint and work on projects. I, I know some people are solo painters, but uh, I'm a big advocate of painting groups. Yeah, and you can do that a little bit with uh, streaming online. I've done that with some friends where we we, we would set it up and we would paint together. And hang out and chit chat. It's not great though because it's hard to see what each other are working on, and yeah, it's just not that. There's also a huge barrier to entry, and you have like a camera literally in your mouth, right? Like as you're trying to, Hard. it's just, it's just, it's like I don't know. It's, it's not the same. And honestly, like, uh, I didn't really paint miniatures until a GoPro on your head. Yeah, right. Until I, I, until I started hanging out with you in New York, right? And I'm not a good painter, but I credit all of my success to spending all that time with you know you and the other folks at the Badger are just like, you're like, that's terrible. Don't do that. <laughs> right? Don't you, do that again. Yeah. John. Like you, yeah. you taught me how to paint eyes. I can actually do them now. Right. Um, and you do them quite well. Thank you. Thank you. I guess. <laughs> I don't know if I do them quite hey, well. I saw your nomads you painted somewhat recently. They, that they I have, remember they, saying. They they have eyes. Good. There's that. <laughs> Some of them might be, might be a nightmare fuel, but uh, definitely have eyes. <laughs> The thousand mile stare. Yeah, right. There you go. Oh. Yeah, that that too. That too. But uh yeah, I mean, like that's that's a that's a big deal, right? Just like um getting a gut check from somebody else, like just like talking through a color scheme. Um 
it, you learn a lot just by watching other people paint, like bouncing ideas off one another. And sometimes, you know, people like, I don't want to paint my thing. Let's, let's work on a project together. Uh, you know, day drinking and painting terrain is fantastic. Uh, I mean, that, like, I think, you know, last time you visited us, I, oh my gosh, it was like, what, two years now, maybe? Uh, it was, oh God, yeah. it was right before our Rose City raid, right? Or something. And then like we we built yeah, those I think so. yeah we built we those crystals. crystals yeah we built the crystals yeah and there was the three of us in Adam's garage just like slapping purple paint on some like oh insulation foam just like yeah getting, just getting tipsy yeah just like we we knocked out the whole project in an afternoon and and it's been in like every battle report that I've played at the store <laughs> now <laughs> and, and you know like I was in a really bad place in my life when that when when I went up and visited you guys and that like. It sounds dumb, but like hanging out and painting crystals and drinking beer for an infinity table, like that helped a ton. And that really lifted my spirits up. And like, so one of my fondest memories is right before you left New York. Remember when you first got the Badger air paints and yeah. I was showing you how to use the oh airbrush? Oh my God. That was, that was terrible. You were like, all right. It was, guys. but it was hilarious. It was like, it was like, all right, John, we're going to teach you how to airbrush. And I was like, okay. He was like, all right, you just got to gently, gently <laughs> pull the trigger on this thing. <laughs> Just like everywhere, it's like, well, your crude is green now. Hope <laughs> you wanted that. <laughs> it's fine. We can fix that. But he's very green now. <laughs> I've since improved. <laughs> you have, you have, and uh, I mean, that's the sort of stuff you, you don't get when you're doing online work with other folks. Yeah. Um, so one one of my my big uh, retail partners is Reaper Miniatures, located here in Texas. They're in Denton. I love their paints. I love their products. And they've been normally, I, I would go to ReaperCon, and I can't, there was no ReaperCon because COVID. Uh, they did the Reaper Virtual Expo, and they've been doing a lot of really cool virtual events with their on, hosting the classes online with the, the painters and the sculptors. And it's really cool, but I just personally, I, I have a hard time with it because it, it, you don't have that same interaction. You don't have that same energy, and it's just not there. And yeah. I'm I'm excited to be able to have that energy again, for sure. And then go, oh God, why did I paint on my Infinity stuff during COVID? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think you know we're all we're all sold like a, a you know a, a bum bag of bag of sale or whatever. I don't know what the idiom is, but like we were told at the beginning, it's like you're gonna have all this time to do all this hobby projects. I'm like, where? What are you talking about? I haven't gotten any hobbies and stuff done. It's all just been other but stuff. I've got less time. I know, right? Oh, yeah. Man. Oh. Well, again, no enthusiasm because yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah, it's been it's been really hard and, and, to and, stay excited about a lot of this stuff. And so at the end question. of the day, what 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 I'm hoping people learn from COVID is that, and this goes back to buying stuff online, is like this is a social hobby first and foremost. You can buy board games and you can collect them and put them on your wall, and you can have like one or two buddies that come over or something. But at the end of the day, like we do this stuff and play with our man dollies and build them little man dolly houses in space so that we can hang out and drink beer and, and shoot the shit together. And buying stuff online makes that harder to do. It just does. Yeah. <laughs> so we had a, a question in chat, which is, um, so they're concerned because one of the, the, the local game shop in the area is closing and they're curious how hard is it to spin up a new community at a game store? And I, I know that for myself, anecdotally, like, I feel like I do this all the time. <laughs> I basically, <laughs> I, 
I moved two places and I'm like, you nerds, I am, you know, look at me, I am the captain now. Um, you're playing this game. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. I know yeah. nothing about that. All of the minis I have are because of you two assholes. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. I believe it. I was number one in sales at the West Coast at GW, so watch out. Um, but no, uh, so basically for me, what was that? Top pre-orders for Baneblades and Stompas. Ooh, nice. So for me, basically, I, my my tactic might be a little uh, less subtle, but I do tend to like you know I move a lot and I move to different city. Uh, you know, I moved to Portland. I'm like, nobody here plays Infinity uh, to the degree that I want them to. So I'm going to make them. Um, and once you basically find like at least one person you can start playing with, you can really um, you can really start building a community just from that. Yep. You know, when I started playing Infinity at uh, at Portland Game Store, it was just me and Eric and Nate, you know. And, was, and then we recruited John. We got Than involved like. When, when you start playing these games, people tend to to flock to them. Um, and I know that specifically in the Bay Area where you are, like there's plenty of people there that play games. So it's just a matter of having that level of exposure. And I think what we do is you just keep sticking to it. You know, like we yeah. played with a really small community very regularly. And that's, that's the key is consistency and just like being there really on is. the day. Yeah, and if you and keep delivering, up, like making sure you actually show up. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as you're showing up, like it, it's kind of the, the silly if you build it, they will come. But it, it's absolutely, I feel like it's absolutely true. And you just playing Infinity, especially you know, specifically Infinity. Um, I think Heavy Gear might be another one of those games, but there are certainly games that when you see it on the table, Blood and Plunder is absolutely one. Oh my God. And you yeah. just walk by it, look at it, and they're like, I don't know what these toys are, but here's my money, you know? They they want to get involved just by seeing it. So I think that find even if it's your roommate who who you play these you can play these games with at home just fine. Like go to the game shop, be present and be visible, and people start showing up. Yeah, consistency is really important. Infinity is definitely one of those games that just sort of sells itself. And that's why we play, right? The models are beautiful. The rule set is good. There's a huge amount of terrain that you should play on. Right, like you, you don't want to have a very sparse infinity table, um, and so yeah, I've had all kinds of miniature gamers walk by and be like, "What, what is going on here?" Right, like why, why is there not, you know, just like a handful of trees in the bottom left of the table? <laughs> right, like You're playing warmer hordes then. Yeah, right. It's just like it's like oh, I need to move my colossus through. It's like no, no, no. <laughs> like, like the, the infin- uh, terrain matters. It does things. There's doors even. Right, you have to climb stuff. Ladders matter. Um, so yeah, I mean, infinity definitely sells itself. So there, there's a bit of a, um, you know, barrier to entry at the beginning. If you weren't trying to build a community, you sort of have to like get your stuff together, get all, be consistent about showing up, uh, invest a little bit in terrain. I mean, obviously you don't need to like go all, all out and buy Warsenal and paint it to like Tom Shadle levels or something. Right. But no, just, just enough. Right, like the, the cardboard terrain is good enough, right? All the pre-printed stuff is great. Uh, it doesn't have to be like Muse on Minis MDF stuff. Just get the cardboard stuff that sells itself, right? It's fantastic. The new, uh, the new sets that they're putting out or uh, Corvus is putting it putting out is great. Um, spruce it up with a few trees, right? Just like break it up a bit um, and show up. Uh, and the other thing that yeah. I would recommend to you as a community organizer is be prepared not to play. 
Um, yeah. Yes, that's a big one. Yeah, and that sucks, right? Like you're there to play the stupid game. Like that's the whole reason you're doing this, right? We're, you're trying to get more opponents to play, trying to build the community. Um, and sometimes you'll get lucky, and the game store owner, like or or uh, the the person running it, like PJ here, also plays the game, and they they have the uh, the expertise and the experience to help you uh, run some of the back end stuff. Or like just, you know, you can sort of like pawn people off to PJ and like his story is like, oh yeah, why don't you tell them about these Desperados you've got? So, and the PJ will like launch into the spiel and then pretty soon the guy will be opening up their wallet or whatever. Um, but uh, be prepared to do that. If the game, especially if the game store, uh, the uh, employee doesn't know the game very well. Like if you're introducing Infinity into a completely, you know, virgin environment where they, they've never seen it before and they're, you know, mostly 40K or something, be prepared to be the ambassador. Um Talk to the Warcourse is like a Warcore Facebook group that is very active uh, and they're all very helpful and super nice. Um, you know, Discord is another thing to uh, and, and just like reach out to other folks in your community, show up, um, hang out, right? And and sometimes uh, just, just be prepared to just chill there and be the, the, the literally odd person out that, that isn't getting a game in, but is yeah. there to hook the person walking by that was there to buy some Reaper minis for their D&D game right and they're like what is this thing and you're like let me tell you all about it and then you can like walk them through uh all kinds of you know cool interactions that are happening on the well, table. over here would you would you like to play with my toys yeah right <laughs> i mean that's kind of how i got you john wasn't it yeah well well what you did was you tricked me you were like you're like okay so <laughs> so 40k you've played 40k you enjoy tau right and i was like yeah and you're like okay well, why don't you check out this cool steampunk robot game called War Machine? And I was like, all right, I'm on board. And it's like, you can play the Russians. And I was like, all right, cool, I'm on board. I'm going to smash things with this ice axe. And you're like, never mind, we're not playing this game. It's like, but I just painted my army. And you're like, no, you're going to play the real game that I want you to play now, which is Infinity. And I was like, god damn it. <laughs> and then you're like, you're like, cat girl robots? I was like, fine. So <laughs> I was like, here Here's we are. <laughs> Here you go. Just take it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, it eases you into it, though. And that, that's something that I, I, I think it's important to talk to folks about. Is like, especially when you're, you're getting 40K players or board gamers or someone who's never seen Infinity before, yeah. is you, you might need to ease them into it and play something that's Infinity adjacent to make them feel more comfortable so they can jump into it. Because yeah. we all play Infinity, so it's second hat to us. But when you look at it, it's like, that's a big rule book, and there's a lot of stuff in there. And it looks really yeah. complicated, yeah. from especially from the outside. And it's hard to get people to commit and go, hey, I'll go for that. And like, no, no, no. I, I want to play this other game where I just roll Yahtzee dice and my yeah. little models go across the field. I mean, it's much but better now than when we there. started, right? So, you know, we can do the uphill both ways and snow and barbed wire talk. But, you know, Code <laughs> 1 exists now. Um, like... It's like a sales thing, right? You just got to know like what to push people towards. You'd be like, this is all you need to play. Just buy this, you know, Culturum box where it has to both sides. You and your friend who you're here, like, you know, eating a popsicle with or whatever, like, just get this thing. And then you can play this league we're starting, right? And then you sort of like have events that people can come to. Um, and so that's that's a big thing. And, you know, then, then you're helping people be in the store at certain times to collect those, you know, concession, um, uh, you know, uh, 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 Profit and all that stuff. That so Coca-Cola money. And, yeah, exactly. And the Eminem. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, that's one of the great things about Code One, and uh, that's something I'm guilty of because COVID. Like, I haven't thought about that as a recruitment tool, and it's obvious as one, and yep. it'll come to me as soon as I can have people in the store again. Mm -hmm. 
But uh, it's a lot easier to, I mean, Corpus Belly did a legwork for us in it making did. it easier to recruit folks. It's like, oh, you're playing yeah. Necromunda. Try code one. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so like, like, anybody playing Kill Team, you just, like, subtly nudge them <laughs> in the direction of Infinity. Yeah. You just, you just, it's just, just like, shh, 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 no, 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 no. Let me show you. <laughs> yeah, right. Let me show you what they wanted to do with Kill Team, but failed. Yep. Um. It, it's kind of this funny. This is like, the game you actually want to play. Yeah. Right. Kickstarter has really brought, I mean, so many different games to the forefront, and there have been a lot of good reboots. My question is, is maybe for you, PJ, when is Vor gonna get relaunched? That's what I want. Damn it. Oh yeah. So Vor, Keltos, that's a lot of old stuff that I would love to see relaunched. Oh my God, no Vor, like. If if you like Warhammer Squigs, here is Squigs the Army uh, in <laughs> Vor, and you can play them against uh, like Russian space Nazis. It's fantastic. Like those are that's a word it, salad. It, it's tragic. I, huh? I sold all my Vor stuff before oh, I moved back to Texas because it was all lead and weighed probably a hundred pounds by itself. Oh my god, I loved Vor. What were the 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 big the basically the Squig guys? Um, man, don't make like me a liar. Growlers? I can't remember their names. That sounds. I think it was Growlers. That sounds Such right. Game. Such a good game. Yeah. And I... some of that might be a little bit of nostalgia too, because like, so I'm talking about old games, no, confrontation. No, it was good in the '90s period, but it was. Such oh yeah, a it game. was good. And I, I think with everything we've learned with miniature gaming in the in the past 20 years it could be great if it ever gets relaunched but yeah uh kickstarters in general um they're a mixed bag for stores uh some of them we can do retail bundles and we can get stuff too so that we can sell them to folks like kumani and i actually really good about that mm making sure that we can get Kickstarter goodies for our, our customers and we can sell it in store and still have the Kickstarter exclusives and others are less good. Uh, Firelock is really good about it with uh, Blood and Plunder. We can we can do retail bundles. But there are other Kickstarters where it makes it really difficult where your customer blows their entire gaming budget for you know the quarter on their $800 Kickstarter purchase. And I'm like, well... You bring that in the store, and it, you know it's a, and that, that's the other thing. Is like they're gonna, they're going to bring it in the store, and they play with their friends, and their friends are going to want it. And if I'm lucky, there's a retail version available, but yeah. they're going to want the Kickstarter exclusives because gamers are, are little goblins, and we want the shiny click clack rocks that all fit in the box. Yep. Yes. So it's a mixed bag. Um, it, it really depends on the Kickstarter. There, there, there are lots of them that I support personally and that the store supports. And I, I think it's a, it's an interesting platform, but uh, it, it, it's a mixed bag. It, it just is. And uh, it, knowing knowing how to support that. So like as a game store owner, I'm not going to tell somebody they can't play, say, Kingdom Death in a store because they want to play it and I can't sell it. There are stores that are like that. They, they won't let you play games that you, they don't sell in a store, but... I'd be foolish because first off, the models are pretty, and second, I can sell them beer or Twix or Pop Tarts or whatever, yeah. you know. Paint. And I mean, I mean, part of it is just having a conversation with the person behind the counter, right? And say like, "Hey, I want to support you. Sure. I want to get these things. What can you do for me?" And you know, there's been lots of things like, "Well, I can't get 
you know, uh, I had this conversation with like Sean Stasia all the time with the Badger. I was like, oh, I, I want like a, a movement template for this thing. He's like, well, I can't get this one specifically that you want, but here's one that's basically equivalent, right? And I can sell this to you. I'm like, yeah, I want to support you. Let's do that. Little things like that help all the time. Like they'll have ideas for uh, getting you paints or stuff. Like for special ordering stuff is 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 reasonably straightforward for people. It's just like you you know you can't stock everything, right? Just because it's not on the shelf doesn't mean they can't get it for you. So just ask. Yeah, and usually it doesn't take that long. Like so, like Reaper. If I order something from Reaper, it's usually two business days. Right. That's not bad. Well, I mean that's only yeah. that's only in Dallas, right? So like, that's. Right. But if I order something from like Golden, which is out of Southern California, it's usually less if I'm lucky and the, the COVID has thrown things off, but it's usually yeah. like four days, three, yeah. three, three to four days. Within a week is pretty As safe. of the day, it's usually two or three days. Yeah. Like you could order it from Amazon. There's no guarantee you'll get it from Amazon faster at this point. I may have just come across a Vore starter pack on eBay for a couple bucks. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> 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 so you joke. I just picked up some more confrontation blisters off of eBay recently, so I, I can't judge. Like I used, I remember. So actually, Pete Setchell has a very good rule for me, which is he doesn't even attempt to learn to look at to play the game that I'm interested in if I haven't played it for two years. Um, which I, I think is a, a good smart rule on Pete. Uh, I. <laughs> I at one point in time I used to play like Void. Void was oh, fantastic. Wow. It's oh yeah, it's second edition 40k of D10s. It's a great yeah. game system. And and I've always been looking for I, I like playing games, I like learning new rules. But like probably for me, the biggest turnoff I ever had with War Machine was I picked it up, I played it, I got Cricks, and nobody else played it. So I got all my friends to play it, and I'm like, I'm playing first edition War Machine with Cricks. LOL, everybody else loses the end. And everybody just sold their shit like two months later. And I'm like, well, I guess I don't play this game anymore because no one will play with me. I, I, I can relate to that because the guy who got me playing War Machine was Will Pagani, who was my co-worker at GW and my next well d neighbor below me in my apartment. So he got me started in War Machine. And like, yeah, Will Pagani of all people, the, the guy who's probably the best War Machine player ever and then went to go work for them i'm like guess how many games i won against him <laughs> yeah not a... it's fine you know my card order looked very good on the table losing <laughs> that's a good place for them <laughs> yeah yeah oh man well they're they're, they're they'll be there with their with their gun shields it'll be fine <laughs> Well, no, it's better yeah. than pirates, though. The poor pirates didn't even see a game. They, they look good. They're painted, but... Uh... All right. Well, PJ, before we take off, I believe you had a little something you wanted to give out to our listeners. Yeah, so we have our website website launching soon. Uh, once it's up, I'll start doing some store credit, much like uh, Mo does for you guys right now. And Ooh. Mo's fantastic. They're actually one of my distributors and one of the reasons why I can get Infinity so regularly. But until then, I want to give away some goodies to you guys over here who are listening right now. So I've talked about how much I love Reaper. I'm going to practice what I preach. Reaper makes some of the best skin tone paints, they period, really out of any other manufacturer on the market right now. Um, the way they package them is usually in triads. They also have uh, fast oh, palettes nice. that they just started making right now. 
So you, you end up with a dark tone, a mid tone, and a light tone. So if you're trying to paint up fast, they look really good and they look realistic. Uh, so I'm going to throw a medium skin tone, which you can get darker, mid tone, even a little lighter if you mix some some whites in there, some pinks. But it's a good mid 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 range Caucasian uh, Mediterranean skin tone. A Reaper Barbarian, so you can try out your new skin tones. And because you survived so far, a COVID Tech Vor campaign 2020 patch. Awesome, and, awesome. Right. So slap it on your bag. You you survived so far. Play some Infinity in 2021. Once we can all do that. Uh so yeah, one of you lucky listeners. Uh we will make the code word plague. There we go. Plague. Not plaque. <laughs> but play go ahead and uh type in that word there we go clint started off by spelling it right so you can guys can just copy and paste what he says and um <laughs> yeah is it with or without the question mark bj uh, so. no question mark no question mark <laughs> all right john so go ahead and here we go hit that button Hey, it's Clint. All right, there we go, Clint. The long, right, Clint. The long yeah, suffering uh, Clint. From the guys. And uh, we'll yeah, ship you that uh, this week. You get you squared away. Might even be an extra goodie in there for you. We'll see. Oh, there we go. Extra goodies for Clint. Well, we've actually got one more giveaway to do because it's a new month. What? Yeah. Oh, that's the right. Rome it's, Academy giveaway. It's, it's the first week, the, the first thing of the thing. Yeah. The thing of the thing of the thing. So thank you to all of our respondents. Um, we we had uh, some excellent battle reports come in for over-infiltration. So I'll just go ahead and spin the wheel right now. Here we go. Clicking the wrong window there. See what happens. Uh, uh, uh. Hey. There we go. Aaron gets the thing. So uh, let me know Aaron. what you want. Uh, uh, blister. Roman Academy patch. Pretty sure you got one. So I guess it'll be a blister. Um, and yeah, congratulations. And thank you again for submitting. Look at that. Lots of prizes tonight. Prizes for everybody. May it rain. Well, you wasted another perfectly good evening listening to late night war games. So John, why don't you talk us out? Sure. Uh, so uh, remember to write into mailbag at latenightwargames.com if you want us to know about anything, announce anything, questions, comment, fan mail, anything else you'd like to do to massage Adam's ego, go ahead and send it in. Uh, we've got the Bromet Academy missions that are here. So uh, it's uh, coordinated orders this month for the mission. Then, of course, to the end of the quarter, we've got uh, the heavy infantry painting contest. Uh, check out the other blogs, Lumbering Sprocket if you play heavy gear, and Infinity the Academy if you want to brush up on your infinity skills with a Z. Um, we're here every Tuesday evening, 8.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific on Twitch, right? We upload everything to your favorite podcast app and or YouTube the following day. Um, if you like what we do, you can support us and become a late-night wargamer on Patreon and get access to our super cool secret channels in our Discord server. If you if you want to just join the Discord and hang out, all that information is available at latenightwargames.com for you to do that thing. But if you want to hang out with all the cool kids who support us, uh, become a late night wargamer, you can do that and you can automatically get added to the Discord role if you plugged all that stuff into Patreon. So there's that. Um, next episode, Clint will be joining us fresh off of his win 
of all the sweet board and brew Ooh. stuff that uh, was up for grabs today. And uh, we're going to be talking about Decap and Annihilation, the, uh, one the I think the second to last episode on the ITS-12 missions, right? So we'll do a little bit of um, update on the missions that change with the ITS-12.1 PDF that dropped pretty recently. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing that's happened. Um, you can expect to hear some more about... Uh, um, some uh, dystopian wars coming in the future. That's something that's going to happen. Uh, and then, of course, thank you to our sponsors, uh, DreamPod9, Mythic Games, Corvus Belly, and now Board and Brew, right? So as soon as the website is up and running, we'll get that all sorted and we'll start doing giveaways here. Um, yeah, did you miss anything, Adam? Uh, I think that's all. PG, uh, PG, I know you haven't plugged anything at all, all episode. Is there something you'd like to plug this evening before we take off? Uh, Actually, uh, <laughs> let's see. So... Our, our, our lovely new logo was done by Aries Nova, who's a local artist, and she did a wonderful job on it. And if anyone is curious or needs some graphic design work, I highly recommend her. Shoot us a message. I'll make sure she gets your email and you can talk to her. She did a wonderful job for us, and it was really quick. So I'll, I'll plug her. She, she did great work. Yeah. Well, excellent. There we go. Yeah. So and be if, sure to catch us on. Hmm? Sorry. If you Bye. want to know more about uh, PGS Store, it's boardandbrew.games. So you can check it out. That's there. right. Boardandbrew.games. Yep. Check us out on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. He's going to have a web store soon. 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 <laughs> soon. Be sure to catch uh, us on Facebook, YouTube, anywhere you get your podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating on iTunes and follow us on Twitch and YouTube. All of these help. Um, well, I mean, they don't, they don't help us in the material sense, give you the best podcast we can, but they, they definitely help in us the emotionally. Sense. Yeah. Yeah, which, a holistic which, sense. Yeah, holistic let's sense. To be honest, right now we probably need more than anything. Yeah, keep keep the gray um, out of Adam's beard. Oh God! Virtual it's hugs, really, people. Virtual it's hugs. It's really coming in. I don't like it. I am so much grayer. I, with I hear you. Yeah, right. It's gross. I don't even want to look at you, PJ. It's awful. Um, <laughs> it, I'm doing all this, all this for you, the best content that we possibly can. So, give us the stars, the high fives, the subscribes, the crowns, the the what was it the 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 horseshoes, orly flovers, lucky charms, and, and balloons. balloons. Balloons now, yeah, those go. things. All the icons, click them, and I don't know, make me feel better about things. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you for PJ for talking about FLGSs with us. And, uh, you know, it's a MyCast closing thing, but please do go support your local game stores. They need your help now. Um, yeah. And with that, we'll see you soon. Take care, everyone. Good night. Cheers, everyone. Won't you play games with me? And I like to do everyone. That's what I like to do. That's what I like to do. That's what I really like to do. That's what I really like to do. Won't you play games with me? And I like to do everyone. That's what I like to do.